Warm your hands by that fire, Kyle. You know, it's... You know, I don't have a fireplace at home, Steve, so it's really nice to be able to come over here, even if it is just the once a year they're willing to turn it on. Mm-hmm. And get that natural crackle. 100% that real. Yeah. The the nice hug mm. of a flame. Yeah. It's very nice. Ooh. It's the Stephen Kyle Podcast 2020 year in review. What a year it's been between COVID and quarantine and open heart surgeries and uh, yeah and the funny thing about the episode today is you won't hear any mention of any of that <laughs> yeah that's true maybe not on purpose but yeah kind of avoided today was all of the stuff that was in the news all the bad crap and you're gonna get some of our our favorite segments that we've done this past year um and when i say segment i don't mean that you know we had this thing written out, so Mm-mm. we kind of no. trolled the the notes, found our favorite stuff from this past year, and boy, was there a lot. So I'm sure you saw the runtime on this. It's quite lengthy. So uh, Well, I mean, I'm assuming it's going to be. We're recording this now, so we know ballpark. This thing is going to be pushing three and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. But listen, when you have as much funny as we have had this year, you don't mince words. You don't make cuts that you don't mm-hmm. have to, Steve. No. And this right here was a prime example because this was this bit here was something that didn't last one week. No, no. This it, this started a whole other bit that <laughs> ran for about six months. <laughs> this is a recurring theme. Um, safe to say, the funniest eulogy we've ever done. Yeah, and listen. And also not the only eulogy that made this episode. Well, listen, when somebody important passes, what do the big news organizations and newspapers do, Steve? They eulogize them. Mm -hmm. And that is what you and I did, and only the way we know how, with crooner Kenny Rogers. I don't know if I want to call it breaking news. Uh, do we want to call it breaking news? Because I, well, I know it won't it... be breaking by the time this comes out. So, <laughs> but I it's know. weird calling it breaking news. <laughs> but I know how much you love, I love breaking it. news. Okay, uh, you know what? Especially delivering it on this podcast. I've already got the script. Live from the Stephen Kyle Podcast News Desk, Kenny Rogers died. DOA. Oh! I mean... A little copyright infringement? No, no, no. Oh, oh. On a warm summer's evening, on, on a train, train bound for nowhere, I met, met up with a gambler, we were both too tired to sleep, so, so we, we took, took turns out the window, window and the darkness, till the boredom overtook us, and he began to speak. Boy, I just realized I don't know any of the words to this. Out of reading people's faces and knowing what the cards were by the way they held their eyes. So if you don't mind my saying, I can see you're out of aces. A taste of whiskey and I'll give you some advice. (laughs) So I handed him my bottle and he drank down my last swallow. Then he bummed a cigarette and asked, and asked me for a light. Boy, that's real rude. And that night, death and quiet. <laughs> and his face lost all expression. 
But if you're gonna play, play the game, boy, you gotta learn to play it right. You gotta know when to hold them. Oh, everybody! Know when to fold them. Know when to walk away. Know when to run. You never count your money. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough for counting when the dealing's done. Oh, solo. Every, every gambler, every gambler knows the secret to surviving. Well, maybe not. Knowing what, to, knowing what to keep. Every, every hand's a winner, and every hand's a loser. Best that you, that you can hope for is to die in your sleep. Huh? Oh, Jesus! Oh, got awkward there. Huh? I mean, we love a good karaoke here on this podcast. That's uh, <laughs> but it got it got um like oddly prophetic there at the end. There were a couple there. One that I preferred not to notice. <laughs> Which one was that? Uh, uh, what was the exact line that you had to point out and ruin the joy? Mm, I don't know. Not really sure what you're, what you're talking about. Yeah, the best yeah. that you can hope for is to die in your sleep. No, I mean that's. I mean that. I mean that one hit you like a hammer. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, every gambler knows, Steve, that the secret to surviving. Well, uh, apparently. He knew the secret to surviving 81 years. 81. 81 years on this earth. That's double my age. If I could live to 81, I think I'd be content. What about you? Ugh, anything after 50. Really? So uh, you... I you're, just kick the bucket. So you're on the down... You're on the down... The downslide already. Oh, yeah. I, I think in my 20s was the real downturn. Now, this is, like you mentioned, Steve, this is breaking new I, I mean within the last hour here what uh what i have no idea in the details here I just saw that he passed away what did he what did kenny rogers pass away from i 81? believe he uh died in in hospice care oh, at okay. his house so some uh maybe some lingering issues there died doing what he loved hmm. <laughs> you mean being in hospice yeah i mean everyone does stuff for you you don't have to like make your own uh, grilled cheese. <laughs> so, so we're now going with the idea that Kenny Rogers, periodically throughout his younger years, through the years, if you will, look, I'm not putting words in his mouth. I'm not putting experiences in his life. I don't know. But your idea would be that some at points throughout his life, because he enjoyed it so much, and it's what he loved. He would simply go visit hospice care, or have well, hospice. Yeah, care hospice. Come well, to hospice them. comes to you. Well, yeah, if you're doing what you love, you don't want to go to do it. Have right. someone come to you to do it. Yeah, uh, come on, man. Kenny Rogers, few loves, hospice care and singing and chicken, of course. You have chicken? Is he a chicken guy? Kenny Rogers, isn't that a famous chicken place too? Are you thinking of uh, KFC? No, Kenny Rogers, the roaster. You thinking of uh, the gambler? Were you just saying it? <laughs> Kenny Rogers. Kenny chicken. Rogers chicken. Okay. All right. Yeah. What do we got? Yeah, it was a classic Seinfeld episode. Kenny Rogers Roasters. Wow, still kicking. Chain of chicken-based restaurants founded in 1991 by country musician Kenny Rogers. 156. He's doing all right. Well, oh, I mean, 
The restaurant's doing all right. Jesus. Because to put the last hammer on the top of the nail, the nail head, he's dead. Right? Is this the most insensitive Kenny Rogers tribute there's been? It's I'm, I'd be hard pressed to find one worse. I mean, we started off with, and again, totally unintentional on the introduction there. Whereas we not joked about, but we were talking about Mount Eldfell's explosion yeah. or volcanic eruption last week, and how it killed one person. We talked about how we treat death we probably this, a little too flippantly, a little bit, a little bit. So that in, gets thrown in, these, in the intro, and then in uh, these trying times, I feel like. Uh, I feel like I need a pellet cleanser. <laughs> so, what you been up to? Boy, our transitions are as smooth as the buttermilk biscuits at Kenny Rogers Roasters. 156 locations. That's right. Nationwide. Now, they be- are doing just fine. Steven, as we said... As this podcast likes to do, we like to reuse stuff. Yeah. And uh, sure enough, the air quotes demise (laughs) of Kenny Rogers led to the Kenny Rogers factoid of the week, which uh, lasted for uh, three, four months before that met its timely demise as well. Yeah. I mean, some would say Kenny Rogers is still gone. And they're liars. Some would say. You know, another running thread throughout this podcast history, Steve, mm-hmm. is your dalliances oh, with boy. Facebook Marketplace. I mean, look, I'm you're, just... You're a ma- I ca- I've called you the maestro. I've called you a savant. I am so good at it. I think my, my piece de resistance was when I managed to convince a woman that if she wanted my um, concrete birdbath base, then yeah. she, she had to take the... 8 by 4 sheet of rotten plywood with rusty nails sticking out of it. Yeah. That was the only way she would get it. And she fell for it. And then she said that she was going to build a fence. A dog like a dog pen or a dog fence with uh with said wood. But um I was happy. I was so happy earlier this year. This is back in the spring when you decided to join me in my quest, which is now your quest. To make nearly every transaction of your life on Facebook Marketplace. I have gotten a, a touch into uh, my own bit of Facebook Marketplace. Really? Selling. You're just bringing this up now? Well, because... Is listen, this new during quarantine? Have you decided to take on new hobbies? Well, no, it, it, it wasn't a lot of stuff. What I had had at the house, I had an extra uh, weed whacker, okay. which I didn't like. I didn't use it. It was one of those right. long, like one of the ones with the long, uh, long handle on it. I didn't like it. It was mm-hmm. an extra one. I didn't use it. Didn't need it. All right. I also had a spare lawnmower. Mm. That I. It was the first lawnmower I had when I moved out. I got it hey, from my dad. Of, I got two lawnmowers and an extra weed whacker. This was a push lawnmower, Steve, from the '90s. That wasn't, you know, self-propelled. None of that. Mm-hmm. And the old-fashioned, the old-fashioned, very old-fashioned. You got to put in the old work when you're cutting you're the darn grass. Darn right. That. Put in the old work. Uh, rub the grease on elbows. <laughs> Is that how it goes? Bang on a drum all day. Yeah, you rub the yeah you rub the elbow grease onto the drum, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And I had and what I wanted was a leaf blower of the gasoline variety. Steve. Okay, all right. Because I had an electric one, and what See, I ended most, up yeah, doing, most people are going electric these days. Get out of my face. 
You talking electric plug-in or electric, electric battery? Electric plug-in. Oh. But you could take your electric plug-ins and throw them next to your electric via battery and put them all in the nearest garbage can. I want gasoline. Mother Nature be damned. Oh, come on. So, um, it's did you, now did you go backpack? Steve, I'm not sitting here going to leaf blow businesses. Boy, I'm leaf blowing. I want to go backpack. It's, it's a standard length driveway. By the time I get my Ghostbusters pack on and I'm walking out there to blow the ghosts away in my driveway, you know, the weather's changed. Oh, it, see, you I, know, think, I don't need I a half I'm an gonna hour. Go, I'm going to go backpack, I think. So what I decided to do, Steve, and again, and I want to preface this by saying, I'm not struggling to the point where it's like I couldn't afford the new leaf blower if I didn't want it. But yeah, I'm, I mean, you've talked in weeks past about yeah, how the, uh, the coro- coronavirus has been very profitable for you. People are dying. <laughs> Kyle's counting his money. Remember that, folks. Remember that. New car. New leaf blower. <laughs> Refinancing the home, lowering the payment. I got you throw leaf blower in there. <laughs> oh, you know, bought a private jet, bought this year a new tape measure. Things are good. Things so, are good. I uh, I was like, I, I'm going to get rid of my extra stuff, and I'll just use that to dump into the new leaf blower, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I dumped off the my weed whacker for twenty five bucks. I got rid of my lawnmower for twenty bucks. And got rid of the leaf blower for twenty. If I don't know if I, but anyway, it ended up being like seventy, seventy-five dollars. Look at you, just in garbage that I didn't need anymore. And uh, I was able to get. Oh man, I was so I was like a kid on Christmas morning this week. Steve, the old UPS man came through on Tuesday or Wednesday or mm-hmm. whatever day it was and dropped off that fifteen-pound box. Uh, dumped some gas. I was just blowing the air <laughs> just to see if it worked. Just saying, screw you, Mother Nature. Now, I also had an encounter this week with another Facebook Marketplace purchase. Mm-hmm. But this one... Now, are you doing face-to-face, or are you, do, you saying Venmo me, give me cash? What are you doing? Venmo was not an option here, Steve, and you'll understand why in a moment. My wife did the Facebook Marketplace shopping, mm-hmm. and I was then tasked with the idea of uh, picking up and delivering mm-hmm. said purchase. So when she sent me a screenshot of the posting and I said, yeah, that looks great. I didn't read it. I looked at the picture, whatever. And it said, make an offer, which I thought was odd, but who am I to judge? So like a day later, she's like, hey, I offered him 10 bucks and I ended up saying, sure. Hmm. Okay. What I had to pick up. I needed a truck for, which I don't have. I needed a back end that, you know, huh. would be able to tie down for for ten dollars. For ten dollars, Steve. Oh boy, I, this this is, sounds like a good deal. So I get my my one of my best friends. He lives two two houses down from me, and uh, he has a truck. Strap his truck on. He drives me out, Steve, to a burgeoning town nearby that you're all too familiar with. Uh, well, you're familiar with the area. Blinking, you'll miss it. Borculo. Ah, Borculo. Yes. It just sounds like a small town. Yeah, it does. It, it sounds like the town that, uh, you know, is advertising on its only sign outside the liquor store that they now accept credit cards. Yeah, I, I drove through, uh, I guess I'll call it downtown Borculo. Man, you saw the ice cream shop the and the gas station? Well, there's a place that inexplicably is called Stromboli's Borculo Express. Oh, right. Ne- so, yeah, adjoining to the... Uh, 
I joined to the liquor store yeah. in Porculo. And Toby, ha- leave it, buddy. Oh, man. I thought he was eating a bird there for a minute. <laughs> He's caught a bunch of creatures in the last last couple of weeks. There's a lot more open area for him now. There you know, are. Line of sights all opened up. Considerably less squirrels in the yard now because they've gotten the memo that this is not a not yard. Not the house to trifle with. Not a yard to get caught running around in. So on uh, Tuesday afternoon, Steve, my buddy, and I stra- uh, get in the truck and we head out to the head out to Borkulo downtown, <laughs> and pull into the house. Did you say now I'll meet you at the traffic light and no further uh, directions were needed? Well, let me describe to you how this went down because again, my wife did the communications mm-hmm. and uh, to give you a semblance of how this went. What's Borkulo's high school mascot? It's like the oh, it's got to be the Beavers. Borkulo Beavers. The Borkulo Beavers. There's no question. And do you think that, like, at the football games on Friday night, when they're doing a chant, they go, Bork, 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 Bork. And they don't have a... It's an actual beaver. <laughs> like, it's not a person in a beaver suit. They just go down to the river and capture... Climb into a dam. Capture the largest beaver they can find. Right. And that is said, Borkilo Beaver's mascot. Naturally. So my wife did all the communications for this, Steve, and... To describe to you how it went down was there was no Toby. text communication related to this. Okay. It was all done over the phone. Oh, phone call. Okay. I'm starting to see why uh, Venmo was not an option. So, during these phone communications, my wife received hell of a lot of information about the man selling what I'm going to buy. Okay. And... Uh, we pulled into the house of an 83-year-old man named Joe. Okay. Is this Rex's cousin, maybe? It may be Rex's cousin, but let me tell you a little bit about Joe's life. Joe lives alone, Steve. <laughs> Jesus, Toby. He is, uh, he's got like a twist, not a twist tie, but like a plastic tie-down. <laughs> he is orbiting this yard so fast. Oh, he lost it. There it is. <laughs> Uh, look at him go. <laughs> look at him go. <laughs> this is the most excitement you could have. Oh, Toby, hey, come on, buddy. <laughs> throw it. Throw it. Throw <laughs> me the plastic tie down. <laughs> so 83-year-old Joe Steve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I pull up, and the first thing he says when I get out of my friend's truck, because, again, I... I this shouldn't have been done face to face. The man's eighty three. Yeah. In times of a pandemic, did he say something completely inappropriate? Like, like you ain't one of them queers, are you? Well, I thought you'd be Asian. Thank Christ, you're not. <laughs> Last time I saw one of you was on the island of Okinawa. <laughs> no, he he said, I'm not worried about the virus. So oh. come on up. Oh, good. Of course you're not, sir. Of course you're not. So this 83-year-old man... I would have gotten... my. The next thing I would have done would have been, well, see you later, Joe. I'm heading home because I am worried about the virus. So the this is an 83-year-old man with... It might be a brand new home. It's like, I don't know why an 83-year-old man is taking on a mortgage. Okay. And it's like, but whatever. But I mean, he's, you don't know. Maybe he's uh, maybe he's got a lot of money and he maybe. paid cash. and uh, He's got a pool barn that's bigger than my house. Oh. 
And I'm like, okay. It's starting to come around. I like Joe now. It's probably in there, but no, he says, pull the truck around the other side to this ramshackle shed that's about to fall over. Like my old shed that I gave away on Facebook Marketplace where someone spent four hours deconstructing it in my backyard. Yep. And then uh, you then gave away the wood base (laughs) underneath it as part of a package deal with a concrete (laughs) cylinder. For a bird bath. A bird bath base. Bird bath base, Steve. And uh, so we pull the truck around, and he opens the door to the shed, and I'll be darned. Old Joe put some oil in his rototiller or whatever it's called. Uh, is that a, is that a mm-hmm. thing? Yeah. yeah. Like night- for digging up uh, if you're planting a garden? Yep. Yeah. And put oil in it the night before, and he's got a little bit of a leak, and he knew it was going to leak a little bit, Steve. He didn't know how much, and this is a little bit more oil on the ground than he thought, so... <laughs> He's going to go ahead and... <laughs> like the, like a Valdez-sized oil spill in his yeah, shed? Yeah, it's probably eight inches. Okay, so know? that's probably all of the oil for a, so for he, a rototiller. So he's got what looks to be the rag he wipes his nose with when he's out. Good. Busts that out of his pocket yep. and just starts moving the oil around <laughs> on the floor of the shed while telling a sad story about how he put oil in this device the night before. Right, right. And he moves it out of the way once the oil's been swabbed around on the floor and shows me the lattice that I had come there to purchase. Oh, so you weren't there for the rototiller. It's not there for the rototiller. Okay, I thought that you would be there for it. This rototiller was from the 1970s, So what did the... So was that like his prized possession that he had to stop and show you? No, I... I, Listen, it's just a a tale Joe needed to tell, Mm -hmm. and I happened to be the the wanting... Lucky you. Yeah, I happened to be the wanting ears that were... In Joe's vicinity. You know, I didn't know that you were in the market for some lattice. Do you have some for me? Because I got the deal of a la- the deal of the century for you. <laughs> what? Uh, turn around, look, see that? Got, That's got, white. Keep it. I got gray too. You need yeah, gray? Now brown. We look at oh, brown. Okay. Is that wood or is that vinyl? It's vinyl. Oh, <laughs> now you have my attention. You got a can of spray paint. Suddenly, it's brown. Ah, uh, the out of my budget. <laughs> well, it's there if you want it. I'm good. Um, as I'm telling you, I drove to Borculo <laughs> to pick up the lattice. So this is, I'm doing the math quickly in my head, Steve. Three times the amount of lattice I'll need for this very small project I'm doing. Okay. And all I need is the lattice. Yeah. I'm going to cut it with a circular saw just to the angle I need. It's going to be on a bit of the hill. It's going to be fine. It's easy. We start bringing it outside, and Joe will not accept the answer that me and my friend, both in our 30s, young, burly men, mm-hmm. will handle the lattice hauling. Oh, okay. So he, he's a tough old coot. Joe's got it. <laughs> so as we grab, you know, one or two of the pieces, we bring it. We're going back. Cause there's a few other, like, cut pieces that were kind of part of the package, right? And, uh, well, Joe's plant potatoes. Steve okay. wants to show me the potato garden. I don't know if you know this, Steve. That's uh, it's a lot of info. I'm, I'm assuming that this all, in the end, a nice little bow is put on it because it all relates back to the lattice. Sure. I don't know if you know this, Steve, but potatoes are a resilient plant because uh, he's a little worried about the weather. It's going to be mm. a few nights of temperatures dropping. Sure. Yeah, you don't want them to freeze, yeah, lose potatoes, your whole crop. Uh, you how can, many uh, how many acres of uh, potatoes does oh, he have? You know, I guess it's a, uh, it looked like about a 10 by 20 spot of potato. <laughs> okay. 
that, that's a lot of boy. That's a lot of potatoes. A lot of potatoes. Apparently, Joe just eats them raw. <laughs> just chops down a potato just like an apple. Raw, uncooked, boiled, uh, washed, scrubbed. Doesn't matter to old Joe. He's nope. biting into that thing. No, no, no. Uh, health be damned. And so he tells us about the potatoes and how they're resilient and uh, how it can withstand a few freezes as long as it's not a really hard freeze, Yeah, Steve. yeah. Yeah, you're probably okay. If it dips down to 30 one night, those potatoes would be okay. Well, Steve, let me tell you. Come over here. Let me show you what I was going to do with the lattice. What'd oh, you... so now he's going to show you what he is now not doing with the lattice, which is the reason you're buying it. Yep, yep. So we walked uh, about 30 feet into his backyard. Mm-hmm. So he could show me his deck that he was going to put the lattice around and uh, decided not to. And as he decided to put the lattice in his shed, uh, his daughters told him, you need to get rid of this crap. (laughs) I'm assuming the daughters are planning for the... uh... Uh, For those listening, that was the the old knife to the throat uh, movement. So you... now, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what you just made it sound like is that his daughters are planning to murder him. Listen. <laughs> Brand new house. Oh, so you think that they're looking at... The, they're, they're playing the long game here. They're thinking once once old uh, Joe the dad is out of here... Once... Listen. I, I, let me euphemize. Once Joe walks out back... And finds the old five-gallon, the empty bucket, and he punts that thing into his potato field. I don't know that there's going to be more tears shed among the daughters. Oh, boy. Okay. You're reading it. Man, you really spent a lot of time with this guy. because Too much time! <laughs> Steve. Because picking up a couple pieces of lattice should have been a... 60 seconds. Back into the driveway. Is that the lattice? Put it in the truck. Here's your ten dollars, Joe. Yep. Take care. Now, what I had now, now listen. Everybody who's listened to this podcast and uh, knows me knows I'm not, you know, uh, DIY or real hands. Yeah, well, I mean, you're Dick Kyle. Nope. Dick. Nope. Kyle. Nope. Not the name. Nobody said that. <laughs> nobody. I mean, nobody has ever said that. Dick Kyle <laughs> knows that I'm not like I'm not good. With, I wasn't a Boy Scout. Right? right, I wasn't out there building birdhouses to get a badge. And, sure, you know what? What you're all losers if you were. By the way, <laughs> top to bottom, bold statement. To hell with all you. You're all weird. <laughs> Even bolder. <laughs> um. So my whole plan was this lattice is eight feet long, Steve. I figure we will put it up over the tailgate because it's not yeah. going to fly upward. Right, right, yeah, so well, that, that way up. the the wind, because if you put it angled down towards the tailgate and then up yeah. over the cab, then the wind can get under it, lift yep. it up. Yeah. But here's the problem, Steve, is while we're loading the lattice, old Joe decides, I'm going to start emptying my garbage shed into these, this guy's truck. He's coming out with eight foot long, like, uh, I, I, I couldn't even tell you the dimensions, but wood, wood like that, mm-hmm. like probably, what, one inch by one inch by yeah, one inch yeah, by yeah. one inch. Eight feet long, and he's just bringing them out. You need these? Not really, Joe. Leans them against the truck. I would have just driven away just to watch it all tip over. (laughs) He's starting to. He's going in. And again, I just want the lattice. Right. He's coming out with. That's all you're there for. Apparently, there's stuff for lattice on tops and bottoms with, like, groove. You can put it in grooves or, like, 
Okay. Like for to hold, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Again, I don't need it. I'm putting this up to keep possums out from <laughs> under my steps. <laughs> so these are in varying lengths from four feet to six feet to eight feet. And so now he's like, well, you got any tie downs? So we're tying down wood in the back of this truck, and he's watching me. I don't know knots. Yeah. I don't even know how. What am I tying this to? Yeah, is Joe teaching you how to do like a, yep, a mid? Like, not, a, use a midshipman's knot. Yeah, so he's sitting there, elbows on the tailgate, which I'm sure is Joe. the way Joe's going to be in his coffin. <laughs> it's like arms on a tailgate. And he's telling me, no, now, now swoop it back through there and then give it a slip knot. Nah, go go like, around the bunny listen, ears. Listen, Joe, I wasn't around the time that you were making nooses <laughs> in the 30s and 40s. Oh, so, okay, so Joe, uh, Joe is now a murderer. I'm just saying Joe was around the time of Jim Crow. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Joe seemed to have a handle on the slip knot. Okay. Could have been uh, could have been in the military. Yeah. Could have just learned how to... Sure. Like, could have been a Boy Scout. Uh, loser. I was a Boy Scout. Idiot. Not backing down, huh? <laughs> Looking just, in your face, calling just, you an idiot. Just mashing that gas pedal down. I just can't get over the fact you got that stupid scarf around your neck. Yeah, it's called with a neckerchief. With- <laughs> Thank you very much. Of course it is. Of course it is. Oh, God. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. So at this point, I just start swooping the rope, the rope in between different things. And I go, oh, yeah. Yeah, really tight. Because at this point. We so just, mean, meanwhile, your friend is in the, no doubt, in the driver's seat. No, he's Engine running, me. foot halfway down on the throttle. He's laughing on the other side of the truck as he's, you know, tying down another pile of garbage we didn't want. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I say, that's good. Slip him $10. Joe, get in the truck, and we tear out of there. We tear out of there at like 30 miles an hour, and we go, find the nearest parking lot. We're going to do this the way we want to do it. We just needed to get away from Joe. Oh, man, I kind of feel bad for Joe. I don't. Well, I mean. Family obviously hates him. <laughs> As you heard. Daughter's waiting for the house. Sure. And you figured all this out. <laughs> so from start to finish, how long do you think you were uh, there? About 14 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Joe was... Uh, that should have been, again, two minutes Two tops. minutes tops. Yeah, so, I mean, it, this was a shipment, uh, a quote-unquote, Steve, deal of the century, if you will. That's a good deal. That I got home and honestly took half of the stuff out of my friend's tailgate, or out of his uh, truck bed, and threw it into my trash can. <laughs> Now lumber. I'm not uh, like painted lumber. I, 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 why was this? wasn't part of the deal? I don't need it. I'm not up on my current lattice prices. Yeah, what's a new piece of lattice run you? Twenty five bucks. Twenty five per bucks. four by eight, and I got two of those. Oh, okay, plus like some other pieces that had cuts and stuff. Very nice. Need. So if you need some brown lattice, Steve, coming. You know, I have some white and gray that I'm looking to get rid of. Garbage, I hear. Everybody wants the painted brown nowadays. <laughs> Um, so what well, I'm happy to hear that you're you're now in the game, so to speak. Yeah. And I, I listen. I kind of got the uh, I kind of got the itch. You got the bug. I think I'm going to make some money off of this. What project are you going to do? Because I'm going to have some leftover lattice. Again, way too much lattice. Mm-hmm. Way too much. I think I'm going to sell the leftover for ten bucks. 
So you will break even, yeah, but get, actually come out ahead. Yeah, and get my... Well, yeah, because I got to meet Joe. and uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that alone is... I mean, that's priceless. Invaluable. Yeah. Invaluable, but... Well, uh, welcome to the game, brother. Yeah. Welcome to the game. I, You know, I don't know if it was mentioned directly in that segment, Steve, but I turned around and flipped that remaining lattice mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, for the that, exact cost yeah. that I bought it that, for. Look, that is the true art of being a marketplace maestro, which you're well on your way to being. Yeah, I need to just go back, you know, maybe just start going through my basement a little more mm-hmm. and finding garbage. Yeah, because everyone has it. Yeah. Everyone's got a ton of crap that you have no use for, but you're just too lazy. Or maybe it's too big to fit into the garbage can yeah. at the you know at the end of the week, so you just figure, eh, it's just going to, it lives here now. Yeah. It's I've, part of this home. I've got all these... You know, excess things from, you know, where you try to clear out children's stuff after Christmas and after holidays and birthdays. Got all this excess stuff. Maybe I, you know, maybe I start making some trades. Maybe I do the old uh, red paper clip, but with Facebook Marketplace. Get yourself a yacht. That's the logical conclusion. (laughs) And definitely not like the one time that's ever happened in the billion times somebody has tried. Yeah. So uh, as the year went on, we we realized that... um, well, we're, we're amazed by simple things. There are many instances of that in this uh, end-of-the-year, year-in-review podcast. In this case, we realized that um, I was amazed by rocks, and you were amazed by tall buildings. More on that right here. Do you think places like the Sistine Chapel to Italians are like the Empire State Building and the... Uh, not the World Trade Center. What's it referred to as, Steve, now? Freedom Tower? Freedom Tower. Yeah, I mean, it's all still part of the World Trade Center complex. Right. But do you think, like, the Sistine Chapel for Italians, it, it gets treated by Italians the way New Yorkers treat those, which is kind I mean, they live there. It's, so for them it's now, like, it's, it's like... It's, it's just n- kind of a building. Yeah. Like, do you think... Because we look um, at the Sistine Chapel, we look at, uh, you know, the, the Vatican, we look at all of those places over there with such awe right i mean or it's like oh man those are beautiful can you imagine just looking at the architecture and being able to walk through there but you know italians are walking by flicking their cigarette butts (laughs) (laughs) in the big square where the pope's giving mass every week um boy i don't know i mean being the resident uh bgh expert on this podcast sure sure of course i mean uh, there's only one of us that has been to the BGH. Uh, That's true. And if, and if that person is you, raise your hand. It looks like only one hand is raised. Oh. Um, what were we saying? What were we talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was asking you if it's uh, if you think they just dismiss them. No, I don't think they do. I don't think they do. Um, I think it's a it's probably a pretty big deal for them. Still, like you think they're still walking by, like ah, and they, they're taking a moment, right? Like they're walking past, whether it be on their way to work or on their way to get a, a dinner or whatever, and they stop a pizza pie, obviously, yeah, obviously a pizza pie, and uh, <laughs> and they turn towards some gabagool. The s- <laughs> and they turn towards the hey, Sistine Chapel. I'm just passing the Pope House on my way to get some gabagool. Hey. The big man lives on top there at the Pope House, and he walks over to the beach to the BGH once a week. Hey, oh! Oh, what are you going to do? I have no idea why every local Italian is now a mobster 
in a 1990s <laughs> United States mafia movie. Uh. But, they but they absolutely are. Because, I don't know, I feel like that just becomes... And again, obviously, I, don't, I haven't lived there, Steve. Now, you worked there. But did you still find yourself going to New York City for the time you worked there and like being kind of awestruck by those by the buildings the the landmark buildings on your way in mm, not really really it was yeah it just kind of, it was just it was part of the day it was part of my routine so for a while there Steve you became the native New Yorker you see on the TV shows <laughs> where it's like you're just bothered by everything like everybody's yeah. in your way you need yep. to move faster than everybody you're always yeah. on the phone you know closing a deal and, you're just, <laughs> and you can't be bothered to look up as you stroll past the Empire State Building nope. on the way to no. your food cart no that, that was uh, that's how it was easy to tell who who was a tourist and who wasn't. Right. You know, the people that are, wow, look at the building. I bet you could go all the way to the top of that and see the moon. <laughs> just, I mean, I don't know why people who are uh, enamored by literally the biggest skyscrapers on the earth and the biggest city on the earth get, get, get that type of treatment from you. That's right, because you would kind of fall into that category, wouldn't you? Well, there's no question. I'm not a. Like, I haven't <laughs> lived there, so yeah. If I went to New York, I wouldn't just stare walking at the sidewalk to try to look cool. It is. It it is really funny though that that is that's our reaction. Like, and the only reason that people react that way is because something is tall. Like, no, that's yeah. And now, but I mean, now you look at it. True. You look at it with. Look at it with somebody who's like seven foot two. Like you look at Shaq. Yeah. You know, Shaq walks in, and all everybody can do is be like, "Wow, he's so tall!" Right. Like, what is our obsession with tall things or big things? No, that's so stupid. I mean, it's obviously it's something to do with the idea that it's just. Well, it's really stupid, and anyone who's enamored by that stupidity is even stupider than the stupidity that they're enamored by. Wow, folks. You heard it here. If you happen to enjoy the sights and sounds of the skyscrapers of whether it be Chicago, New York City. Oh, you're stupid. Any other large town. Dumb. You're stupid and you're dumb. And that's right from Steve's mouth. That You're talking from one-time resident Italian who's looking <laughs> down on you just in general. Yeah. And one-time New York City Manhattan worker himself. Oh, yeah. Savvy man I was. Now, if we had the capability at this juncture to get Brother Mike on, I would like to ask him the same question because he is in New York City uh, often enough or occasionally mm -hmm. for work. And I would be curious to get his take on it to see if he is as jaded about, quote, tall stuff <laughs> as you are, Steve. Well, look, there's nothing interesting about tall things. Nothing. So your vacation destination, but but here here again, how many years ago was it that you and it was it two years ago? Yeah, because it was obviously before Evelyn's birth that you and Annette you were in uh, Denver, right? Uh, yes. Now were you sitting there, uh, you know, looking out? You went and saw a concert at uh, Red Rocks. Yeah, which is literally just rocks. <laughs> And if uh -huh. I recall, there's a picture, you may even send it to me or it was on your social media, like a panoramic, I believe, 
uh-huh. of these rocks. Well, it's a it's a theater carved into rock, or carved <laughs> out of rock. Look, I'm not sitting here saying that it's the greatest thing in the world, but I'm also not enamored by it simply because it's big. But you're like, enamored we, of it but, because it's it's rocks that have been there. Well, at least that's like a natural thing. It's a natural phenomenon. But you look at a building. Why are you so amazed by something that we built? All right, it's on. not like it's not like this was uh, a you know a natural formation and out of the sky fell a building and it just stood there. Like we built it. Obviously not us, but you know, right. like mankind, humans built something. We're able to do that. All right. Uh, so is Steve being amazed by rocks the same as being amazed by skyscrapers? That'll be on the, the poll same as well. The same as Kyle being <laughs> amazed. I by did not put myself in there. Now, granted, do I look up when I'm in New York City? <laughs> yes. Now, if you want to classify that as quote being amazed, no, I do. I do. Certainly. Certainly. I do. Now you can look, look. If you're at- gonna, if you're, if you're gonna classify. Uh, me taking a picture of a place I was as being amazed, then yes, I'm going to classify you looking up as being amazed. All right, well, you know it's what only I'm gonna fair. Do? I'm going to get a net on the horn fair. here uh, when we're done with this, and I'm going to ask, you know, when you guys were in Denver, did Steve stop awestruck multiple <laughs> times at the sights of different large rocks? Yeah, I just stood there like, uh, look, uh, look how tall that rock goes in that. Can you believe yeah. it? <laughs> Like my like in the cartoons when their eyes are on springs and they're like That's you with rocks and me with any building taller than a house. <laughs> oh, I, th- I think that thing's four stories. So I'm gonna go you outside, think- Steve, and I've got some really nice rocks underneath my deck. And I'll take a picture of those and I'll send them your way. Okay. Well, anytime you're, you wanna you're gonna it. love the you're gonna love the picture of my shed that I send in return. <laughs> Because I think at the peak, that thing's like eight feet. You know, Steve, I stand by it. I think you're, you know, I think you're in the wrong here. Huh, no. Well, that's not. That went on the poll, and I don't remember the results. I'm maybe pretty sure I won. Maybe that'll rear its head <laughs> when we get around to the uh, March Madness tournament that we'll, we have planned for this year. Where it's just a uh, a tournament of... Of our favorite polls of our of favorite polls. So Absolutely. No actual polls. No. Just our favorite ones. Yep, yep. The, and and I presume the most out of context ones will become the victor. I don't know. You know our audience; they don't like to play along with the well, with the web polls. Yeah, there there will be some upsets based on you know me asking did the apostles uh, scratch boobs into rocks, <laughs> where people decide that they can no longer <laughs> laugh along. I am that is the 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 line has been drawn. I am offended by that. I will make. No exceptions for this funny business. <laughs> you know, coming up next, uh, uh, this is a segment that you had pulled the audio for this and sent it to me. And I looked at the rundown. I looked at your description and I said to you, I texted you back and I said, I have zero recollection of that. And then you explained it further. And I said, that happened on this podcast, like our podcast. I was shocked to know that, uh, shocked to learn for a second time, apparently, that during this year of 2020, you had a Twitter beef with three British cats. 
so I posted this long thread. I don't know if I'm going to read. I don't want to read it all. I don't think it's it's not that long per se, but essentially saying they're being overwhelmed with cases and symptoms and a face mask are in short supply. Imagine what else is or could be uh, their amazing group of people to be on the front line. Please respect them because there were some issues with other personnel who didn't work at the hospital coming in and stealing boxes of masks Ugh. from did a this, hospital. This happened at your wife's hospital. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And, and and I'm not saying that's an exclusive. I guarantee you. we One of the, the best friends of this show, Nikki, mm-hmm. works at a hospital. Mm-hmm. And she said they're in terrible short supply as well. This is going on everywhere. And I'm not saying this is exclusive wow. there. And, you know. Sure. it's it, But it, it you're just trying to bring light to an issue. Sure. And, and you know, people replied. And, and our friend uh, Zach works in a medical field as well. Mm-hmm. Uh pretty much all in support of this. It was very weird to me then when I got a Twitter message, a DM. And if I don't follow you, if I'm not friends with you or whatever, uh, it goes into the request folder, but I still get a notification. So I must have saw it uh, a little bit later because I pulled it open and... It is the the username, Steve, is Goblin. Actually, I don't even know if I want to read it. It, it has nothing to do with it. It's very weird. Mm-hmm. Numbers and a name with an underscore in the middle. But the name, like the, the username that they or the, the, the display name, Ellie and Putty and Ben. Ellie and Putty and Ben. Okay, and when you click on their profile, which I did after reading their their message to me, it is a family of three cats. <laughs> okay, and the message I received from these three cats, three cats, is this: Give your head a wobble. This is happening at hospitals worldwide. You're not unique. That's very rude of those three cats. And it's not even too... Like, it, you, I think you can attach a tweet when you send a message if you want. Yeah. So initially, this thing was sent at at, at Eastern Standard Time, I think at like four in the morning. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't see it then, but I do get up for early for work. Did your tweet go viral? No. 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 But this is somebody that you don't have... This may have been somebody who commented to it or something. This These people must have seen it in their timeline and mm-hmm. thought, wow, I can't believe the nerve of this person. They sent the message and immediately blocked me. Oh. Very open-minded person, then. It wouldn't have even been a discussion. Honestly, me. I told you last week and I, I, I need to distance myself from, from social media in general. And I really need to focus on that. I wasn't going to engage with this family of cats. <laughs> I mean, who? <laughs> you'd be silly to. Which, out of context, sure might seem weird. <laughs> me declining an internet argument with a family of British cats. But that's where social media is, Steve. So I, I did click on... I, they only blocked my personal account. Obviously, they didn't know I was a co-host of a <laughs> really famous... <laughs> of a seldomly listened to podcast. Uh, the most 
listen to podcasts in a five-block radius of Steve's house. Right around this house. As we so claim. But yeah, they are. I, I searched for them on our, so our podcast Twitter. Three crazy cats in England. <laughs> Come what and say you? hello. No naked humans. Uh, what? I, I guess just... Heading off at the pass, all of the unsolicited nudes three British cats usually get. <laughs> so, so uh, please do not send D pics or any other unsolicited nude pics. Yeah, to these three British cats. But <laughs> is that how I come off when I get into Twitter arguments or social media arguments with people? Yeah, but am I, but I in my mind anyway. I'm not replying to literally a thread saying, hey, please respect hospital workers. Well, yeah, I don't. Boy, I don't know. It was it was such a head scratcher for me that I was more curious about if this person thought I was saying that that it only happened at your at your wife's hospital. Yeah. And that they should obviously get special weren't. treatment. Um, yeah. It's, to me, it seemed like you were just trying to say, hey, you know. My wife is on the front lines of this, so yeah. Please, uh, please respect them and uh, realize that they're working in very difficult conditions. Right. Which I mean is is great for you to say. We've seen it from millions of people. Everybody has been saying that. You know, the the all the people that like we're all sheltered in place or we're all quarantined. Well, there are certain people who can't be. They have to go into work every day. They have to go in, you know, double every day because of all of this. Right. Um, yeah, I do feel, though, that this is probably a little bit of social media karma coming back to... Oh, disagree. <laughs> I have never taken a pot shot at someone who doesn't <laughs> deserve it. There it is. And I stand by... A lot of the disagreements I've gotten into. Yeah, boy, that still does not ring a bell at all. Um, that is that that is there. That is the top of the list of the weirdest Twitter arguments <laughs> I've ever gotten into. And it wasn't even an argument. And this is coming from a guy who's argued with Hope Solo, of yeah. former yeah. U.S. Women's National Team goalie, uh, about her butthole pictures. I prefer to refer to Hope Solo of family beating fame. <laughs> That's how I refer to her. Right. Level of fame, Steve. Yeah. Um, you know, we mentioned this is a big year for us. Well, it's time to start talking about why it was such a monumental mm, year for us, yeah. Steve. And this right here, th I believe this ended up leading to the podcast awards, which won't make an it appearance did. here today did. on the year in review. But this right here was our development of our very own podcast award. <coughs> oh. Oh, Jesus. Gotta clear the clear the larynx. Sorry, sometimes, you know, you, you start off the morning. It's like when you turn on a faucet for the first time in a long time, and sometimes it's got that... It's got an air pocket in there? Yeah, it, like spits a little yeah. bit. Well, that's me in my mouth. Rough, uh, rough day? Rough go about things? I don't think any more rough than normal. It's probably filled with sawdust. Okay. But it's good to see that... Well, 30 seconds into talking, and we've already lost our chance at the awards this year. Which uh, which awards are they? Aren't there pod There's got to be podcast awards, right? 
Like a Marconi, but for a podcast, a Podconi. <laughs> now, are we? Are we up? Are we up for any Podconis? Now, for people who don't know, the Marconi is what uh, radio shows on a national level. Yeah, that's receive, like legendary right? uh, excellence in broadcasting yeah. awards. Something that we are in no danger of ever uh, treading on that that territory. So your idea, but a Podconi. Your idea is that we may be in the running for the knockoff version <laughs> for podcasts. Podconies. Which would be the Podcony. Nobody's come up. Hang on. The Podcony. Is that K-O-N-I on Marconi? Or you think no, it's no, C-O-N-I. 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 Yeah, it's M-A-R. I can see how close I've been C-O-N-I. to that in my radio life, huh? <laughs> it's like macaroni, but a couple of letters are uh, deleted or switched around. Steve. They got him? I think we're onto something. Nothing, zero results on, on Google? No Podconies. Okay. All right. Do we need to start handing out Podcony awards? We could do that. Wait, then we have to listen to other podcasts. Oh, no, we're winners. Oh, okay. So we just... <laughs> yeah. So we just received them. So after a after a hilarious A bit, maybe you hear... Uh, Live from the Stephen Kyle Podcast broadcast headquarters, we want another Podcony for this bit. All right. How about that? That's easy enough. Huh? But I think we need to have different categories. Like, you don't just win an Oscar. You win an Oscar for best blah, 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 sure. best supporting uh, actor. Absolutely. And you can take production design to the bank. <laughs> yeah. We got that? You think that's... That's handled. I mean, we have this fancy soundboard here. No question. You can. We take, have the, uh, like I have this computer that has a has a lot of blue waveforms and spikes on it. Like that's got to be good for for a production award or something. If we had to pick, though, Steve, from let's say the last calendar year, mm-hmm. you know what? I don't know that there was anything good enough. So let's say <laughs> in our lifetime of this podcast, if we had to submit one bit for an award for whatever it may be, funniest. Best. Okay. What would you consider nominating? Does anything stick out to you in particular that we've done? Maybe something from uh, that, that's probably, I mean, if, if we're talking about sending it in for an award, it's probably made an appearance on a year in review mm-hmm. program. Um, no. Huh. <laughs> yeah, no, not even, not even one. So when I tell you. Steve and Kyle deep dive the overhead garage door opener. <laughs> or here's what I would nominate. A two-part series, the original and the sequel, of searching for Steve's hot girl neighbors who called him <laughs> underwear wrestling. All right. All right. I could do that. You know, I really I remember laughing a lot at um, Corn Man and Scarecorn Corn back Man in the fall. and Scarecorn. Uh, I would consider also... Oh, Seasonal Sammy. Seasonal Sammy's oh, got to be up there. But I would also consider another two-part series. Uh, part one being the surfer. Oh, he smashed into a pier and died. And yeah. part two being uh, the saga of Steve's former boss, Jack. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, but that was like a three-part yeah. series. <laughs> that, was, that was... Yeah, I mean, I hopefully hopefully the, the folks that review audio for the Podconies have a little bit of time to kill. Listen, that's going to take a while when you include the setup 
you know, the, all the background, yeah. the climax, and then the untimely passing. Was it untimely? I think so. Yeah, he was... He uh, was 60s, right? 60s? Yeah, yeah so probably pr- 60s. A little untimely, right? Yeah. yeah. Maybe 70s. 70s at the most. You know, we searched for a, a long time. Uh, nobody came out of the woodwork to be our show placist when yeah. we were trying to get a plaque made for the childhood home of C.G. Johnson in Hartford yeah. City, Indiana. The inventor of the overhead garage door opener. Obviously. A plaque has never appeared. So we're on to the next best thing, Steve, and we now need to find a trophyist. A trophist. A trophist. Come on. You sound like an amateur. I mean, you're not going to want a pod coney talking like that. Yeah. We need a trophist <laughs> who can make us some pod conies. And now I think the pod coney should look like... Well, because I, I think a Marconi is... Um, I think it's like the old phonograph looking thing okay well we're bringing this thing into the 21st century okay hang on <laughs> well i have something that couldn't we... have been further off it is uh looks like uh, a miniature version of the washington monument for whatever really reason. yeah that's a little pompous right yeah here's what i think my idea of the pod coney just like a, a brass pile of poop no, because we need to show that it's different than radio. So I think it still needs to be that that crappy fake gold. <laughs> but then, like, I want spray painted. Yeah, spray oh, pa- yeah. But spray painted poorly so you can see the overspray. You can see the drips from where you held the can in, a, in the same spot a little too long. Yeah, I want it that if you hold the award too long with sweaty fingers, you pull it back and, like, the color's different now <laughs> right. on the pod coney. Yeah. But here's what I'm thinking. Everybody in radio uses, and, and I use them right now just because it's what I have, over-the-ear he- over headphones. Yeah. Like big studio style, yep. whatever. But typically, I would say the norm in podcasting is earbuds. Is a, Yeah, what I'm wearing. And I didn't, I've only recently in the last year started yeah. wearing these. You I used to be overhead ear man yourself. I did. I wore the, the over-the-ear ones because I didn't need them at work. Because I used to be in a separate booth right. at work. There was no need for headphones in there. I just didn't need them. And uh, so I always had them here at the house. But then once things shifted around a bit, I now need them at work, so I don't have them here. But actually last week, I was uh, I have a, a pair of headphones upstairs, like an over-the-ear pair that is wireless, like the Bluetooth ones. But it also came with a plug. And I thought, huh, maybe I, could, I, I should actually, actually use them. I just never did for whatever reason. Huh. I can go up and get them right now if you want. Uh, I mean, I mean it's I can, your personal preference. We can, we can pump the brakes <laughs> for you to wear headphones. For me to wear headphones. I now, mean, I imagine mean, the podcony we'd get for that. I mean, listen, you're you're the one. You're the one who's now you know demeaned what we do here for the better part of a year by sticking those things in your ear holes. And, mm-hmm. You know what? What would we give? You can't leave here when we start lining up guests to come down into the basement. Right. I mean, any any day now. You know we're. <laughs> Closing in on uh, the beginning of the fifth year of this podcast. By the way, we have to talk about a momentous anniversary coming up. We've had one guest to date in studio. And that was because he was here? Yeah, simply because he was in the house. Yeah, and it would have been uncomfortable if you had said, hey, sit here for a couple hours while I go talk (laughs) in the basement. Yeah, I got to go downstairs and uh, yuck yuck a bit. (laughs) That's right. Professional yuck yuckers. Is that a pot Steve, we're making this. So yes, it is now. 
Because we you can't leave guest earbuds, right? No, unless they're packaged not. like those disposable ones you get in an airline. Like yeah, they have to be. Bag. Yeah. Oh, maybe we could get customized ones. But they're so uncomfortable. You have to go with those soft. If you're going to do in ear yeah. for your for our guests, there has to be those soft rubber, not the hard plastic yeah. that is just generic size Definitely. that fits. Whose ear does that fit? Andre the Giant? Who knows? It's uncomfortable. Terrible. Garbage. But I think we need, uh, for when we start our, our guest lineup, we need to get... We're really easing into the guest thing. Well, we don't want to rush anything on this podcast. We figure the five-year anniversary uh, coming up this June is the perfect time to start thinking about... Four-year. Four-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. 16. It'll be the four-year anniversary, but the beginning of our fifth year. Started in 16. Is it? <laughs> yeah. We went so, so. Because 17 would have been the one year anniversary. Yep. 18. 18 and then 19. 19 and then 20 will be 20. the fourth. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh. So we got a little bit of time before the. Who uh, <laughs> made up the calendar even? <laughs> Whatever, Gregorians. I go by the astrological calendar. It's all different. <laughs> yeah, it's like our 38th year, yeah. if, you, if you look at that thing. I think the beginning of our fifth year in total doing this. Maybe uh, this will be, uh, so coming up in June, it'll be our fourth slash fifth anniversary. Oh, man. We're definitely losing the, you know what? It's okay. I, I lost the pod coney in the first 30 seconds by clearing my throat. And now I can't So count. we invented it, but we don't even get one. We're out of the running. Because <laughs> I can't count. Calendars are hard. Yeah, they are tough. So here's my idea. Like we talked about, most podcasters use the earbuds, but they have these stands, and we have one here mm-hmm. uh, at the table. Yeah, uh, donated by friend of the show, Chris. And still working. Uh, I don't it's know great. why it would stop. It's basically, uh, to, to give you a visual representation of what this is, it's a square piece of, I think it's stainless steel, probably four inches by four inches, and then out of the middle of it, it has a round bar that comes up and then out. So it's Just a big... think of where Jesus was crucified. Oh, boy. Don't know if I'd go with that as a description. Uh, yeah, it's a big... I would have said a big T. Maybe not a big cross. I guess you're missing the top, like... You know. Like the headrest? Inch or two. We, I actually Do you think they call that. it a headrest? I don't know. Someone can... Can someone flip through the Bible quick? The part where they dispute Jesus' accounting and the idea is that they just wanted to get him a tan and have a headrest. I think this is almost insensitive part of the podcast. It's up there. In the four slash five years we've been doing this. It's top three. <laughs> okay. Uh, but we digress. But we digress. I'm thinking something like this. So a little stand, a, t- a T with the base, like you said, Steve. Mm-hmm. With just a pair of earbuds dangling from it. Oh, that would be nice. So really, what it's going to look like is male genitalia. (laughs) Well, I think that's perfect. I just, I honest to God, had this idea fully thinking it was good. (laughs) And then I just looked at the T, thought of the image. Let's, uh, Let's actually, here. Yeah, because this Here, is going to have to go on the up. poll now. You set this up in a way that you see fit. I'll just sit over here. You'll have to let me know if I'm talking too loudly because I don't have headphones on. So I'm going to people do this without <laughs> headphones. <laughs> see, okay. and that's, it's obviously this is too long. I don't. I don't have to bring up the uh, the right, space. Go ahead, there. just cut them. 
Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's male genitals. Wait, no, you can you can adjust the uh, look this little thing here. Yeah. So, oh no. Oh no. I brought Cut it that up. Do it like that. There we go. Well, okay. I, in hindsight, it seems like this idea was dumb. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just over the middle there. Some would say just like that. <laughs> No, I think it's perfect. I didn't. It's, obviously, I didn't. It's everything the Podconies represents. Okay. Rebooting the Podcony design. <laughs> Here's what I'm thinking. Okay. Let's take two. Maybe just a. Like, you can hold these, like, just like pair over the ear headphones. So this is the award. Right? Yeah. Like the letter U. I mean, just like Why don't we just take a, a old pair of headphones and spray paint them? That's not a bad idea. We're going to need like 30 of them, though. I mean, uh, Rush Limbaugh, he's got the the golden microphone. Golden mic. So you're thinking spray paint gold headphones. Yeah. So here's what we need from a trophist and a or, or people with loose or spare over-the-ear headphones. We need you to send them our way. I think we could probably source a pair of headphones. Oh, we need a lot, though. Like I said, there's a lot of categories. That's true. Yeah, we, we, we have to nail them all to our wall. If we win. If we win. Fingers crossed. We could build a trophy cabinet. Searching for, like, podcast awards. Mm-hmm. There's the, we need to figure out a way to infiltrate this. There's the, I know, the iHeartRadio podcast awards. Not interested. That's only going to go to their iHeart personalities. Where we wouldn't even be considered. It's also right. way too big. And it's also uh, coming from a company who does not value individuals in any way. No, it's similar to, you know, Sports Illustrated earlier or late last year was bought by a company called Maven, mm-hmm. and they're much less journalism, much more about, you know, photo galleries getting 30 clicks. Sure. They laid off, I think it was like 60% of the staff at Sports Illustrated, obviously a distinguished sports magazine. Yeah, man, they created the shoe phone back in the day. <laughs> that, oh, could that be a Podcony? The shoe phone? Something similar to that, like uh, okay, but instead of phone, it would have to, we should have a microphone. So what can transform into a microphone? Oh boy, like the shoe microphone? Would that be weird. No, I mean it'd just be like a hollowed-out shoe, and you'd turn it upside down, and you'd pull a microphone out. I mean, it'd be uncomfortable as hell to wear. Wouldn't yeah, wouldn't be the most comfortable. I mean, unless you really need arch support and right. the uh, yeah. But we may have to but, come back to that. But anyway, sports put, put that in the old uh, the old think tank. Yeah, we do. Because yeah. right now we're struggling with ideas. But that's why we're looking to hire a trophist. Mm-hmm. But Sports Illustrated uh, was bought by this large company. But then over the Super Bowl week, held this massive party for their staff with like Flo Rida and DJs and some big shindig. But they couldn't afford the salary. Yeah, that's similar to iHeart. Yeah. So we're not interested, Steve. Not interested in, in joining that. And, you know, don't forget it. You're talking, or you're listening right now, to two finalists mm-hmm. in the comedy category. Hey, in yuck. the 2019 Podcast Awards. Yuck, 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 yuck. And we don't have the trophy to prove it. Because no. the price point was simply outrageous. How much was it again? Like $75? No, it was like $250. Really? Just for a participant trophy? Yeah, because this is the same company that supposedly makes like... Their claim to fame is the Country Music Award Bullet <laughs> Award. Oh, 
Something, I, what, Who cares? Know? I'm not ordering it from them because they make other awards. Yeah. I'm ordering it because it's an award. Yeah, and Zach, uh, our, our dear friend Zach Ruddick, if you're still listening, I know you messaged us earlier this summer. You mm-hmm. had a replica pod coney for us. We will pay you to get that yeah. to us. Tell was, us if you're willing to ship it because that would be a very nice bookend 11 months later. Hell, Zach doesn't live that far away. We can make a day trip out of it. We'll That's drive there point. and pick it up. Can we stop in Hartford City, Indiana on the way? Ooh, I don't know. I'm not really sure if that's on the way or not. Uh, but moving along, and this segment here, it's just another example of us discussing things that, look, I know it's hard to believe we're not experts on everything or anything, like tides. It's too sterile in here. So maybe, I mean... Do we still have time? Do you want me to pull up something? I could pull, pull up some- something, though. Maybe like a, a destination we haven't been to. Oh, yeah. So maybe I'm thinking like the ocean front or uh, lakeside, beachside, beachfront. Okay, no Do problem. You, can you yeah, give me something yeah, like that? Yeah, the, now, I don't need... An, oh, wait. Oh, look at that. Oh, let's see. This is um YouTube video titled, The Most Relaxing Waves Ever, Playa de Piticabo Ocean Sounds to Sleep. Study and chill. Now, at any point, hey, hey, let this breathe. Oh boy, what's that? Is that a chomp, chomp in the distance? No. Is that a is that a shark? Figures you'd take something so beautiful, most beautiful sight of these eyes have ever seen. Hey. My buddy, Sean Wehrman, sent me a Snapchat last night. By buddy, I mean he's a listener of this podcast. Yes. No, I'm not a, friends whatsoever. Sent me a link on Snapchat <laughs> last night. You don't make friends. No, you why know. would I? It's bore. <laughs> <laughs> on Snapchat, of a, uh, a shark that had flopped itself onto a boat. Oh. Okay? He just wanted a suntan. Yeah, because they're attacking. <laughs> Neither here nor there. Oh, Maybe man. just wanted to... How, cl- now, how close can we be up? Is, is that... Is that the tide, Steve? Is the tide rolling in? Is this a lake or an it ocean? Is, this is an ocean. This is an ocean. Oh, but the tide works on any on either of them, right? Uh, no, the, there are no there are no tides. Like, there's no noticeable tide on a lake. What? Wh- why not? It's the same thing. It's the same large body of water. Yeah, I mean, what if it's connected to the ocean? Why wouldn't it? Why wouldn't it be noticeable? Do rivers have a tide? Do they, uh, could you like? Oh, oh, the tide's gone, or the tide's out? Is it I the don't tide's think so. out? What's the uh, what's the sailor's way to say it? The tide's coming in. What is the tide going out? Yeah. Well, the tide comes in and then it goes out. Now the tide is moon based. Yes. Am I right? Yes. Well, last I checked, when I'm at the lake, the moon still exists. Right. Let's see. Do ti- do lakes have tides? Hang on. I don't know why this feels like we've had this conversation before. I'm pretty sure we have. Probably around the same time that we were uh, trying to figure out how bicycles work and um, some other ridiculous question that we no doubt had. Are you putting that on the poll? Well, I I need your answer because I need to know how to word it is. Because if you're going to tell me that lakes don't have tides, the poll's going to be, should lakes have tides? Okay, that, uh, let's see, this is a portion of an article that being said, Lake Michigan, like all bodies of water, does experience tidal fluctuations caused by the gravitational pull of the sun and the moon. However, they are so minute that they are masked by much greater fluctuations of the lake level produced by wind and air pressure and are unnoticeable. 
I don't get so it's just the size of the body of water of the ocean then that's making it noticeable. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't get anything out of that sentence mm-hmm. I just read. So, well, thanks for that. <laughs> Somebody got educated because I didn't. <laughs> well, that's on the poll at Stephen Kyle. Should lakes have tides? Because yeah, absolutely, I think they should. I mean, I, it's the, it's not really something that we as a uh, it's an opinion. we as a people can change. It, listen, I feel like the lakes aren't getting the proper. Uh, the respect they deserve by the Capricorns or the Sagittariuses or whatever, because uh, the moon's ignoring them apparently, <laughs> and Mercury's in you know prograde or retrograde or anti grade yeah, retrograde. But can it be in prograde if it's in retrograde? Yeah, or forward grade. That's a great question. <laughs> well, I want to find out. Can Mercury be in prograde? Yeah, I'm not sure what Mercury or prograde or retrograde has to do with that, but I'm glad that we got that tide situation figured out. I'm glad that everybody has joined us in our quest for lakes and rivers to be acknowledged for the tides that they contain. Yeah, and I still, I don't understand, um, I don't even know what you call them, Steve, uh, the the moon people (laughs) and why they... Why they have to talk about Mercury and why... Like astrologists or astrologers? astronomers. Astro, astro, astronomers or astrologers? I think they're all the same. They're all looking up there and wondering if Mercury's tilted one way or the other. They're all wearing those purple capes with <laughs> stars and moons on them. That's right. All the moon people now look like Doctor Strange. Yeah, they're wizards. <laughs> and again, they're all just sitting there staring at Mercury through telescopes, mm-hmm. waiting for it to turn so they can ju- uh, so they can justify their bad behavior. Yeah. Uh, you know, you heard the eulogy a little bit earlier oh, to yeah. uh, this episode, Steve. We gotta bring, sorry, we gotta, sorry. We gotta bring, we gotta it's like bring, it's like gotta bring things down a bit. It's like ESPN or like Fox. You know, when a player gets injured, because yeah. normally when they go to commercial, it's like all the football songs. <laughs> we'll be yeah. back in a minute. But if a guy's down on the field, it's boom, dun 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 dun. So we need a little bit of that vibe because bring it, bring it down a bit. Because Kenny Rogers wasn't the only important person to pass away this year. Mm-mm. There's also some dumb jerk named Mad Mike Hughes who launched himself in the sky with a push pedal rocket. I don't know if it was push pedal. <laughs> I'm assuming there was about ten larger people. We'll jump simultaneously on this pedal. <laughs> Sounds like a trampoline, basically. <laughs> to shoot this idiot into the air. Um, our condolences as uh, Mad Mike. He didn't make it. And finally, number five. Mad Mike Hughes has passed away. Huh. My, uh... That's terrible news, and I, my apologies to, uh, or my condolences go out to the Hugheses. Yep. Apologies to the Hugheses, condolences. You, now, you may know who I'm talking about once I describe him. Okay. He is, he's a, um, kind of like the voice of the Flat Earther movement. Oh, God. And he built his, he's the guy that, like, built, he fall off? He builds his own rockets. So he can shoot himself into the sky so he can actually see the curvature of the earth. You've never... Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I guess not. I I knew that was a thing. People saying that, well, I can't see the curve, so it's not curved. Yeah. He um, apparently in a rocket launch yesterday, maybe the day before, uh, he was attempting to make it, I think, 5,000 feet into the air. Right. Um, 
He had an unfortunate accident. Did he crash? And he did. Fall off the corner. Do you think he, he found it? <laughs> he found and he it. got shot down? No. What happened was um, because his, his rocket, it launches into the air. And then once it reaches whatever height it's going to reach, pulls the parachute. Jumps out. Floats back to Earth. So you can see the curve. Yeah. Well, he doesn't jump out. The parachute brings the rocket back to Earth. Gotcha. The parachute blew off as soon as the rocket launched, which means he shot up into the sky, but there was no parachute to uh, bring him back to Earth. Uh, so he just fell. He fell. Yeah. That's yeah. a long way. That's a... Well, yeah, I don't think he made it quite as high as he wanted to, but... um. Well, it's not like he fell eight feet, though. <laughs> right. I mean, even no. if he didn't make it as high as he Let's wanted. Let's see. To. I think that this is the. This might be the video here. No, there's not going to be any audio for it just because of. There he goes. Up into the sky. Oh, oh but there's the parachute. Wait a minute. That um, parachute's supposed to be with him. Yep. Oh, wow. That's actually. Oh, boy. I didn't expect to see. I'm feeling this is an old one, maybe. They're just showing what he had done. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's That's a previous one. Showing how it's supposed to work. Yeah, but that that first image that you saw, because um, I saw the, yeah, there's the parachute laying on the ground. Wow. Fox News giving him all the credit in the world there with uh, calling him a California limo driver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You uh, might as well have put local lunatic throws himself <laughs> off a cliff. Yeah, local stooge. So, wow! Yeah. Well, the a good cause couldn't have lost someone more dear to their heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You just you just hate to see it, you know. Well, I mean, I guess. Uh. Look, he's a stupid man. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame. It's well, a shame right. That, it's a shame that he died by because of his own stupidity. The old Chinese proverb goes something like: "Launch enough uh, amateur rockets, and you're going to die." <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's written somewhere on a wall, uh-huh. you know, from ancient ancient China. And uh, Mad Mike, Mad Mike Hughes. Mad, Mad Mike Hughes. Mad yeah. Mike Hughes finally finally paid the piper on that proverb. Um, you know, condolences to yeah. his family. Is there going to be like a moment of silence among the Flat Earth community? Or So he did all those rocket launches. Did he still not believe it? Here, uh, okay. Now I'm going to show you. I need I need you to see how this actually went down yesterday. He, uh, let's see. So he's got this big, looks like a. It's a catapult. Yeah, is it, he catapulting well, himself? No, it's a steam powered rocket. That's the thing. His rockets were steam powered, and it so it's mounted like the rocket launcher. Basically, is mounted to the back of a truck. Yep. So they drive out into the desert. And there he goes, and oh boy, that's Whoa. that's the shoot. The parachute's supposed to stay with him, right? Yeah, and help uh, him, uh, you know, float. Historically speaking, yes, but who knows? Maybe he was doing it a little bit differently. So the shoot. So you see him here. He comes. Oh boy! Oh no! Yeah, Steve, it's too fast. Yeah, a bit. And okay. okay. Well. So that's how that. How that goes. Now, the tweet was from somebody named Justin Chapman. Mad Mike Hughes just launched himself in a self-made steam-powered rocket and crash-landed. Very likely did not survive. Well, that is an understatement. Huh. Yeah. I'm sure there might have been some padding in there. Maybe this is... 
Yeah, like that foam insulation that you, yeah, get, maybe like you put underneath your uh, your sheets. And we just don't have the full story yet. Stay tuned for uh, breaking uh, breaking seems early seems like not the word I'd want to use. It's early in the news cycle, right? Yeah, yeah. You never know. Hmm. You never know. R.I.P. Mad Mike Hughes. Well, you know what they say, Steve. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Oh, whoa, sorry. Whoa. Die doing what you love. In this case, Mad Mike would got about three hundred feet in the air, and then became washboard Mike Hughes. <laughs> Not because their Earth is flat, but because uh, he's because, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> because Mike's now flat. <laughs> Again, though, uh, our condolences to anybody uh, near and dear to. I'm sorry about the uh, closed casket situation. Moment of silence right now for Mad Mike Hughes. Well, he had a good run. Yeah, he no, did. A... You know that you didn't let that uh, keep you down this year, though. Hopefully, I know I didn't. Uh, you were uh, you were all over the place this year, despite the uh, despite quarantine and COVID. Yeah, you did some responsible traveling. And in this segment here, you tell us about a life changing event when you went down. Was it Louisville, Kentucky? Louisville, Kentucky, Louisville, Steve. Kentucky. Yeah, the uh, one vacation that we took planned uh, when it seemed like things were getting better. Mm, yeah, so you took a trip down to Louisville, Kentucky, and it was a trip that changed your life. It was down in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, this Louisville, weekend, home of the home of the slugger, the twin. Did you cities. go to the ball uh, baseball bat? We did go to the Louisville factory? slugger factory. You buy a bat. Uh, the, the, the friend I was with, Chris, who lives up, I've talked about him, lives up in Northern Michigan. Oh yes. The one, uh, the one who lives in the middle of nowhere for no reason. The hillbilly who grabbed the muffler with his Crocs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, By the way, I have Crocs now. Oh God, you got, you got so old. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, we, we drove down there a little, uh, little planned trip, a little adult weekend. So he no doubt left four days earlier than you. Because he had to drive down from uh, the tundra. He did have nine hours worth of driving on... Uh, just to get to you. On Tuesday or Wednesday, Ooh. just to get here, to oh. then turn around and get in the car Thursday morning and drive uh, another six hours to Kentucky. Mm. That is awful. So, Nothing in Kentucky worth seeing for that many hours behind the wheel. Well, Steve, I'm here to tell you that... <laughs> I'm right? It's uh, It's official. I now look down on you. Okay? Mm. I'm a bourbon drinker. (laughs) All right? Yeah. And we, as bourbon drinkers, think less of you. (laughs) Simply because... Oh, it's... Come on. Go have your crappy whatever. What's what's going on? Whiskey? Yeah. Canadian whiskey. Snooze. Okay, so the... You can't even buy American... Okay. So bourbon's where it's at. Bourbon. No, 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 Steve. Bourbon's not where it's at. It's the only place to be. It can only be bourbon if it's made in America. I know this because I'm a bourbon drinker. So you've been a bourbon drinker at this point, what, three days? All right, listen up, you poor schlock. All right? I don't know why you're attacking me. I've, oh, you're drinking your Canadian garbage and pawning it off like you're some level of high society. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, my throat has hair on it now. Well, that sounds real great. 
okay? Because I'm now a bourbonite, a okay. bourbon drinker. A bourbonite. The, the is bourbon that, is trail. That they, is that what the bourbon trail? That's what it's called. That's what we call it. You call what? The place where there's bourbon. <laughs> you mean everywhere? It is not everywhere. I'll tell you where it is. Louisville, Kentucky. All right? <sighs> you idiot eastern seaboarder. You midwestern buffoon. Is, am I Am I just... You big dumb ogre. <laughs> Wait, it's getting real personal. Um, have I just been living under a rock that I haven't known that Louisville, Kentucky is the bourbon capital of the world because that doesn't sound right. No, it is. It absolutely. I'm not. I'm not uh, joking about that at all. Very seriously, it is known as like bourbon country, and Kentucky in general is Bard, hard to Bardstown, Kentucky. Well, there's some of them there, but like they Louisville has bourbon or has uh, uh, the Bourbon Trail, uh, Whiskey Row. They ca- they call it as well in Louisville. Ugh. Distilleries abound. Uh, I only drink. I only drink high class bourbon. Now. Really? Okay. So, uh, what do? You, what is your your palate then? What do you only drink? Oh, it's uh, I'm a Buffalo Trace man. <laughs> okay, that's Buffalo Trace. I'm gonna need on the rocks. Sure. Yeah. Only been there three days. <laughs> so let's see. Knowing you, uh, when you get into something, you you dive in listen, head first. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I beg so, of you to just listen to me, you so, knuckle dragon so you- idiot. <laughs> So, how many cases of your uh, fancy buffalo did you drive home with? Excuse you, Buffalo Trace. Buffalo Trace. Okay. I brought home, I didn't actually bring home any, but I bought some home Buffalo Trace, uh, one of their offshoot products, a little bourbon cream. Oh, you couldn't even couldn't even pony up the cash for the real it. thing? No, I don't need it here. Okay. I bought a different type of uh, bourbon when I was down there. Uh, I bought, uh, who am I talking to? You don't know who it is. It's Old Forester. Okay. Sure. Yeah. It's a rye. You know what a rye is, yeah, Steve? Yeah. Of course you uh, don't. Yeah, of course. You're over there sucking thumbs and eating pillows. Why? I don't know where this is coming from. I, were you planning this like the whole ride back yesterday? <laughs> yeah, I know what I'm going to do. No, I was I'm just... going to attack him because I found a new drink. I was just thinking that. You know, I can't believe I got to go to this unsophisticated swine's house in the next 24 hours. And record a podcast, right? Yeah, all the while, yeah, yeah, all the while I can yeah. barely hear him from yeah. my high horse. <laughs> you just spent seven hundred dollars on a comic book, <laughs> an investment. I'll have you know. <laughs> but no, I uh, I was so I was a little bit nervous headed down there, Steve, because you, know, it you is, were afraid of the bourbon. Well, it's known as the bourbon, you know, bourbon country, and all that stuff is in Kentucky, and Kentucky has, I think, like. 90% of the distilleries for bourbon in the country, mm-hmm. and that's not for me, right? Like, I'd always been, you know, spiced rum, whatever, and like, I didn't even like, like, a Jack Daniels and Coke. Like, it wasn't, yep. and that's just, a, like, a regular whiskey. That wasn't for me. So, like, for my money, I was, I'm, I'm willing to try it. Like, that's if I'm going to the area where it's known for, like, I'm going to try it. I've always said, like, I, I'm not a seafood guy, but if I'm in Maine, I'm going to have to have some lobster. Yeah. Right? Of course. Because yeah. that's the spot you get it. When in Rome. And I have a feeling you go in Maine, you just walk down to the dock, reach your hand down, wait for one to clamp on, mm-hmm. pull it out, throw it into the pre-boiling pot, yeah. listen to it holler for its young ones that it's leaving behind. Yeah. And then, and then just then reach you, in, take a bite out of it. Yeah. And then you smash its head with a little mallet and eat the meat in its brain. That's yeah, I think how, you have to like pour some butter on it or something, too. Beautiful. Butter brain. That's how you eat lobster. So we had a uh, 
We had a couple tours lined up at a couple of, uh, or at one distiller. Jim Beam just shut down f- because of the the virus and elevated mm. concerns and stuff. Yeah, it's but good to see they didn't rush into shutting down. The height no, of really. safety. Wait five months. I think they were closed. They opened, I want to say, in like June or July, and it must have been three weeks. Mm. And they decided to shut down again. But you know who didn't shut down? Buffalo Turkey, an American icon, Buffalo Trace, an American icon, huh? Yeah, never heard of it in my life. Well, you know, I never heard of it, Steve. You could probably never find it because it's always sold out. <laughs> so it is a nicer, like a, it's a nice bourbon. It's like an upper, uh, mid-level, upper scale bourbon. And we just got uh, we got tickets like on a wait list, and then they emailed me a couple days before. We were able to do a big tour down there. Mm-hmm. And uh, boy, the joy you must have felt! It was it when was, that email came through. It was really entertaining, like I or, or not entertaining, but like really educational. And okay. then you get a free tasting at the end. And next thing you know, because they tell you how to taste it, you know, because you know over there you half the time you can't keep your tongue out of your eye. You're probably you know <laughs> you're so probably used to. Sticking your whole face into the glass and just licking it like a yeah. dog. No, and just put it. Yeah, putting the entire glass in my mouth and then just flicking my neck back. And that's probably why you haven't come around to being a grown up. And <laughs> boy, I just don't. I don't understand. So they tell you how to taste it, which is something I would have never known. Okay, and it's you know you like. Couple drops. Now, on your uh, hold on. Are you allowed to reveal this now that you're in your secret I society? I feel like you should go to Louisville to find out. Okay, so I have to drive to Louisville to yeah. find out how I drink things, yeah. and then drive back, and then I can talk to you about it. Yeah, and maybe lose the collared shirt, you uppity a hole. <laughs> Sorry, I'll make sure I I wear no shirt. No <laughs> gut hanging out. You need right. to wear your. Yeah, should I bring my pitchfork? You need to wear your costume that I've made jokes about of your your Crocs, yeah, my, your uh, cut-off sweatpants. My make boobs great again yep. hat and yep. my uh, federal boob inspector shirt. Right. Yeah, as, as can be seen at stephenkyle.com slash yeah. merch. So you, uh, they, they show you how to taste it. And it does, like for me, that's always the thing. You taste it and it like makes your eyes water and you can feel it like kind of suck the air out of your lungs a little yeah. bit and then it burns going down. But if you like at least tasting it, doing it properly, like I was like, oh, wow, that's a little bit different. Like, you you know, you put a little bit on the tongue, hold it, then swirl it around your mouth to uh, who knows. They all have this same thing as wine. People. Get the mouth feel <laughs> that boy. I think you nailed it. That's the that's a is term. that what they call yeah, it? Yeah, mouthfeel. But like that that is what they tell you to do to like, so it doesn't so shock you wanna, your palate. Yes, yeah, so you want to like, you're almost creating like a buffer. Yeah. Okay. And then swallow it with your mouth closed, and then and then part your lips a little bit. And Boy, then, that seems like a lot of work. But to that's just that's for the first something. tasting. Like that, this is just for tasting. Like if you're drinking it or sipping a bourbon at home, you know, a long day or whatever, you don't have to do it that way. Mm-hmm. Oh man, they tell you the uppity way you're supposed to uh, to, sm- to uh, you know smell it. You know you're supposed to like when you whine, you just go yeah, like stick your nose in it. Then you act like you know something about uh, it, and you go, "Oh, is this a hokey undertone?" Mm, it's, uh, mm, it's, a, oh, it's, a, 
Is that a citrusy node mm, that I uh, tart finish? Is that an early? Hmm. Gra- is that an early grape or Ooh, is a late grape? So this looks like a mid-year, I believe. Hmm, <laughs> it's a nice riesling, but I think it was a oh, late harvest. Boy. That would be a little bit superior. Oh, a little bit more. Maybe a little age, just a little. Like another few. Oh, spoiler alert! I'm a snooty butthole. Hmm. Oh, that's a kind of wine, by the way. That's not. Yeah. Oh wow! Oh, that's not an insult. Definitely not. But you're supposed to taste this thing, and at the last day, we were kind of putting together that maybe it was a joke they were playing on us, because then you'd look like a real idiot smelling this bourbon. <laughs> it's like, yeah, put the glass up to your nose and then sniff your friend's butt. That's how you figure out if it's a good one or not. Well, okay, I'm from a different area. Better- <laughs> i never been here before. Bend on over him and get a sniff. Right, of course, Bobcat was there. <laughs> Bobcat Goldthwaite is a Kentucky name. <laughs> I don't know where he was born or raised. I don't yeah. care. In my mind, oh, man. he's from please, Kentucky. Please let him be from Kentucky. And but you, So you're supposed to lightly part your lips and then not just like take the glass up to your nose and smell it. Syracuse, New York. Come on. Oh, he doesn't seem like a Syracuse, uh, like an upstate New York guy. He doesn't seem like that Ugh. at all. Barf. Is that a, like a rival of Cinnaminson or? No. Oh. <laughs> really, Syracuse no, in general. I have no problem with Syracuse. My uncle's from, my uncle lives in Syracuse. Ah, the orange. Yeah. Um, you're supposed to lightly part your lips, Steve, and then not just smell it, wave it. Oh. And we were told... No joke. To try to do a little nef- left nostril smell and a right nostril smell. Uh, what's the difference? Because it's, uh, God, was it like different sides of your brain, right? Yeah, right, left. Right and left. And one's like the you know side for analytical. And mm-hmm. The other side's for more creative or yeah. whatever. Well, similar like with the uh, nose receptors. <laughs> so with the sure. But that it create like you smell like in one side. Oh, hey, I like I smell more of like the vanilla. That's or what caramel. like you drink uh, bourbon and now you can like paint a Picasso or something. Yeah, yeah, boy. <laughs> Only one way to find out, Steve. <laughs> so you sit down to that cricket <laughs> and get to and get to pro- programming on an iPad. Yeah, I mean you're a maverick after all. <laughs> you're not a mavgina. Oh man, so yeah, I. Um, I ended up coming around to liking it after not too long. All right. It's a, listen, it's so, okay. I'm so used to having drinks when I think you're similar though, to where you drink, you want to drink it, right? Yeah. Like I don't want homework with my drinks. Right. And I wouldn't say this is homework, but this isn't a drink you like really drink. You're sipping it for a, an extended period. Okay. Right. But, oh man. I, yeah. I, so, I come I'm a bourbon man now. So do you think as there are the possibility in the future, maybe uh, next summer, summer 2021, yeah. when we finally get to our uh, live, our live show. Yeah. You think we could have a bourbon tasting? Would you host a bourbon tasting? No. At the live show? No, I don't want to host anything. I just want to drink the bourbon. Yeah, but you need to give your snooty commentary. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and everybody who, like, shakes their head or shows anybody disgust, I kick them out and call them, you know, uncultured swine and, like, a, you know, yeah. knuckle draggers. Yeah. Yeah, big galoot. Go drink your spritzers. You know, just really insult the entire crowd who doesn't and happen mm-hmm. to enjoy bourbon. But, you know, Boy. I'm sorry. What, would you be 
where are you at? Because we're in our 30s. Mm-hmm. And for me, for my money, this is really the first time I've had a bourbon. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I think you, we all probably maybe tried it or whatever in our 20s or dad said, hey, here, have a taste of this or whatever it might mm-hmm. be. And your gut reaction to that is that it's horrific. That's pretty much my gut reaction to most alcohol. Like there, right. there isn't a lot of alcohol that I taste and think like, I may outwardly say, oh, that's good. But in my mind, I'm thinking it's garbage. Everyone yeah. knows it's garbage. Everyone's just acting like it's good. I could see how that is a thought process too. Like there aren't, there aren't many liquors that I would want, that I would have any desire to just sip. Really? Yeah. Man. Like it's a, like an old sipping whiskey. Mm-mm. Yeah. No. So bourbon is it's a type of whiskey right bourbon is a higher proof than whiskey and again bourbon has to be made in the united states that's how and okay but very similarly you can't it might like otherwise qualify to be scotch but you can only buy scotch from uh i believe it's ireland or scott where is it ireland I would think it would be Scotland. I'd think who just knows based on it being called scotch but like it's, I mean, that, it's not called ire it's that type of uh like type one of the type of regulations is that has to be uh, distilled in a cho or charred oak barrel mm. and uh, fifty at minimum fifty one percent corn. Okay, all this stuff, and I believe it has to be um, no more than one hundred and sixty proof alcohol. God, that's like gasoline. No more than right. Still, so that sounds awful. No, listen, Steve. Listen, maybe. Um, Maybe once this whole coronavirus thing blows over, you know, in a year, year and a half, two years from now, we can go out for a bourbon taste test and you can oh, wow me with your snooze fest of knowledge. If anybody out there wants to have a uh, Buffalo Trace on the rocks with me, I'm here. Maybe some, right, so maybe, maybe some uh, Eagles Rare. I want some Eagles Rare. Buffalo. Well. Buffalo Trace. Buffalo Trace. Now, yeah. is that the brand? That is the brand. Okay. Yeah. And, which, and what kind do you prefer? Just the the standard Buffalo Trace is good with me. Standard Buffalo Trace online gift shop. Look at that. Now, I am... I don't need that. I was already there. Snooze. Uh, I do... I'm in fully... full website looks like it's fresh out of 1998. They are in the midst of uh, what's being described as like... Y2K? The third bourbon boom ever. One being after uh, after Prohibition. Oh, yeah, of course. One being after World War II. Of course. And they don't really even know how to classify this one, but they literally cannot keep it on the shelves right now for hmm. Buffalo Trace. So they're in the midst of some massive expansion. That was our tour. They showed us their big expansion that they're doing so that they can uh, make more Buffalo Trace. But with bourbon, you're aging it 10 years. Uh, so really, starting now, they're not going to see the f- you know the fruits of their labor for another What a stupid minimum. industry. It is a stupid industry. Real dumb. Like just expedite it. You can't stick it in a, in a I don't know a machine that ages it. Like just oh wow. So yeah. Steve wants a bourbon time machine. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it would be worth the investment. Couldn't they just you know set it on fire and age it faster and then you know sure put it in a. Uh, I mean, look, I don't know. I don't know anything about anything, but I know that I know that that bourbon can be aged faster. Well, you know, you're right about one thing there, Steve. Mm. Uh, you don't know anything about anything. <laughs> and yes, I am still looking down on you. You're, you're, as, uh, as a bourbon man. As the post-Christmas uh, gloom set in starting yet, uh, yesterday. Yeah. Poured myself a... 
couple fingers of bourbon. No, you're you're back on uh, back on the wagon. Yeah, just a little slower, uh, a little slower to be able to drink, and I'm a little bit more nervous. But yeah, we were uh, back on the bourbon train, so uh, I'm just glad we can all agree that you don't know anything <laughs> about anything. Now, I I had asked you the other night, I uh, sent you a picture of something, and said, "Is this your doing?" And there was a a package that showed up on our front porch last yeah. week. Gift wrapped. It wasn't like a delivered by a company package. It was a hand wrapped package with a little card on top. Flipped through the card. It said "Happy uh, Happy Holidays from your Secret Santa." Yeah. We opened the box and there was a bottle of wine in there. There were some candies. There was a bottle of bourbon, and there were uh, there was a little puzzle for Evelyn and some little bathtub toys. That, like you pull the pull the string back and they paddle through the water. And I said, "Boy, bourbon, huh? Hmm, boy, that seems like a seems like a dead giveaway on where that came from." And I sent you a text. I said, "Is this your doing?" And you said, "I would never buy you a gift." That was my response. Hmm. Uh, it would get that me sending you bourbon would be the equivalent, Steve, of you sending me meatloaf <laughs> or like or a a gear shift. Yeah, it would go ignored. <laughs> And eventually end up in the garbage. Well, it's not going to go ignored. It's going to. I'm, I'm going to to partake in that. Are you? Yeah. Hey, you know, what? let me know. I'll come by. We'll uh, we'll have a couple fingers. So you're still you're still holding true that that was not you guys that dropped that off. I, Steve, again, I I can't explain this enough. I would never ever buy you anything to give you. Okay. As a gift. I guess the mystery continues. And let alone not take. Wait, now you said that you wouldn't. What about your wife? We'd be divorced if if that happened. Okay? I would never allow that to happen. Okay. Especially without taking ownership. Okay. I would want every bit of credit if I gave you a gift. I'm not not hiding behind the facade of a fat man in a red suit. No, you're a needy man when it comes to gift giving. I would be drinking in the praise... (laughs) And the thanks, and then I would be smiting you if you didn't send me a thank you card. Okay. Well, hopefully it wasn't you then, because you're not getting a thank you card. Again, promise you it was not. So um, this this episode, or this podcast, is known for deep dives on uh, everything and anything. does not matter how insignificant or significant it is. We do deep dives from time to time, and it's one of my favorite things. And in this case, we wanted to know about uh, what happened to those... Those performers, that great rock band from the 80s, the California Raisins. I feel like we should just do mini-sodes on whatever we talk about for the first eight minutes. It's gone from Sonny Bono to Rick Allen. We're now talking Rich Uncle Pennybags and Mr. Peanut. Mm-hmm. Maybe next week, if we're on this type of role, we can talk about the California Raisins and whatever oh, happened boy, with them. Yeah, what did ever happen? They heard it through the grapevine. Who would have broken up the California Raisins? Wasn't there one like big diva? Was there one female in the California Raisins? Well, let's find out instantly. California. You know what? I'm sorry, everybody. This isn't what you come here for. The California Raisins. I don't know what you come here for, to be very frank with you. We're a fictional rhythm and blues animated musical group, as well as advertising and merchandising characters consisting, uh, composed of anthropomorphized raisins. Did I anthropomorphized? Anthropomorphized. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, anthropomorphic is a word, right? Yep, that's the one. Okay, uh, lead vocals, of course. 
I mean, I don't have to tell you. The uh, prune. <laughs> what was what was his name? Uh, yeah, they had names. <laughs> yeah, they did. Really? Was this like the Chicken McNugget characters at McDonald's had? Did those have names back in the eighties? Sure. I, I I don't have a clue. Buddy Miles. Buddy Miles, of course. Raisins were popular in the mid to late eighties through claymation TV commercials and animated specials, winning an Emmy Award and one nomination. Just... Wait, what did I come here for? What did we want to know? Uh, who broke him up? <laughs> Let's see. I said, what? Decline, okay. okay. Hey, I knew there was a reason those idiots broke up. Who yokoed them? Although popular with the public, the California Raisins campaign was uh, eventually failed because its production cost of the raisin growers. Hang Wait. on. <laughs> Hang on. What? Hold on. Production. The California raisin campaign eventually failed because its production cost the raisin growers almost twice their earnings. So raisin growers were funding this stupid thing? <laughs> you can't be serious. CalRab, the organization who made the campaign, was also closed on July 31st, 1994 due to disagreements with raisin producers... <laughs> Over the fairness of required payments to the organization. Well, listen, if you're telling me you need to give me 50% of your profits so these idiot digital raisins can sing on TV, mm. I'm going to tell you where to stick it. It uh, should be noted that these this Wikipedia page uh, advertises their religion as raisin. <laughs> well, that it does. Look at that. Just in case anybody was worried that there might be some anti, you know, anti-Christian sentiment with the California Raisins and maybe that got in the way. Did you know their nickname was the Vineyes? So did, did they, they didn't have individual names? Just Buddy Miles is the only one listed. Okay, so Buddy Miles is the one who broke them up because everybody else is Buddy Miles and the Raisins? Apparently. Still incredible to me that it took as long as it did, Steve... As you heard there, they lost, I think, over a billion dollars <laughs> on this ridiculous campaign. Which is insane. To get the rest of the country to buy raisins. Like, you'd think that once they hit losses around 50 million, they'd say, all right, pull the plug. But no, they doubled down. They, they put that pedal to the floor and said, we're going to keep going. Yeah, yeah, hey, we need more money from you raisin farmers. Which, by the way, a raisin farmer, you're taking a good fruit in a grape... And you're just setting it out, and you're letting it dry and making a crappier tasting food? Yeah. Yeah, full disclosure here, though. Before we started recording, we had to Google where where raisins come yeah, from. Yeah, real low point. Uh, you know, it's been a busy week, you know? we got families. Yeah, uh, holidays. Uh, i got a, a heart thing. Yeah. And, uh, Your boo-boo. Yeah, so we got to, you know, sometimes, you know, things slip the old mind. <laughs> um, so one thing that I, I think was... A highlight for me this year from this podcast, probably a highlight for you, but for a completely different reason, because it was a big major life change. You changed jobs. You got out. You you left the trenches. You changed left, career field. Yeah, you left me down here in the trenches. <laughs> you uh, you climbed out of the trenches, and now you're working in the corporate world, right? Yeah, made it into the banking world, Steve. Uh, the mortgage industry. Mm. Where life's a lot easier, you wake up at the normal time of day, so you're right. 
I simply don't understand anymore what it's like to be like you in the trenches. Sure. Yeah, just shoveling crap 24 hours a day. Throwing it, boom, over my shoulder, hoping my cohort's not back there to take a load of crap in the face. Yeah, which then they'll whip back at you or at their other co-hosts, as we've talked about. You know, monkeys. Right, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, you change the career field, Steve, and with that, a lot of things you don't consider. You think about a lot, hey, I'm going to be sitting at a desk. Yeah. I'm going to be working on computers. What you don't think about is, hey, no longer can I wear the cargo shorts that were from the rented clothing company (laughs) and this stiff as a board, you know, shirt with a logo on it anymore. Obviously, you're going to be working in a much more professional environment than you're used to. I've never done it, but so I honestly don't know. Yeah, what do you wear? Like, isn't this just shows you? This is a perfect uh, example of how our chosen career paths. Until this point, I yeah. didn't. You know, tomorrow we diverge, yeah. but until this point, we have clown jobs because no question. Because you said you got a job working in an office, and my first thing was, "Oh, we gotta wear." Do you need a shirt? I, but Do you wear sweatpants? Here's the thing. I've been doing this type of work for the better part of 15 years. Right. I'm 33. Okay. And I've been working, again, retail adjacent for 15 mm-hmm. years. And the previous two and a half years before that, I was 16. I was directly where I was stocking shelves at a grocery store. Yeah. This is all I know. So, okay. so my first question when I receive this job offer and accept it and start going through those, I have to email the HR lady and ask, hey, me big boy, what, what <laughs> I wear? Can I wear red pants? So um, safe to say that like me, you're, um, you're, I'm assuming it's going to be a business casual. I still don't really know. Um, and I start tomorrow. So I have to now figure out, hey, you know, can I wear, you know, the old uh, Coca-Cola shirt, the old expired innovation Coca-Cola product that failed. (laughs) Hey, can I wear my my uh, vanilla creamsicle Coke polo? Hey, guys, I've got a monster mutant button down. (laughs) It's a button down. Is that still cool? Hey. Uh, uh, is it cool if I wear my why ask why try bud dry polo shirt? Because we did a we did a collaboration with them. I've got a a half zip <laughs> on the back. I'll cover it up, but on the back it says doobie doobie doo. <laughs> on the front on the shirt pocket is the penguin from Bud Ice. <laughs> hey guys, uh, hey boss, um. Yeah, I see you there in your sport coat and uh, your business casual attire, but would would you consider my crystal Pepsi button down? Does that fit in here? Hey, in the back, I've got this real nice full button up for vault. It's not too obnoxious. It's black. You think I could think I could wear that to the meeting tomorrow? <laughs> I just love the idea that every piece of attire that you have with a collar has some kind of old beer reference. Yeah, old beer or old expired yeah. beverage reference. Oh, man. Hey, you guys remember uh, 
Coca-Cola vanilla? Or, van- or, oh, I got this new, it's new. It's cherry vanilla Coke. <laughs> and the top half is purple and the bottom half is orange because of cherry. That's okay, right? You guys encourage uniqueness? Hey, boss. Is it cool? Uh, and I know that we're supposed to wear dress pants, but uh, these Meisterbrow pants I have, <laughs> I mean, sure, it's just a small logo, hey, but I can wear them, right? Hey, for for Hat Fridays... <laughs> <laughs> hat Friday, is that a thing? <laughs> Steve, I don't start until tomorrow. I, I think no answer. I think that is number one on the list of things that you have to contribute. Hat Fridays? Is an idea for Hat Fridays. Yeah. You mind if I wear my my Zima hat? <laughs> you remember the clear beer. Zima. Hey. hey, boss. I mean, I know I worked for Coke, but I was secretly a big fan of Pepsi because, you know, it was the choice of a new generation. Is it cool if I wear my, my Pepsi choice of a new generation hoodie on Hoodie Wednesdays? I've got my... Super Bowl 40 <laughs> jacket from the Britney Spears performance brought to you by Pepsi. Is that okay? Oh, corporate Kyle, I can't believe it. I you don't... are you're a suit. You're uh you're one of them now. You're no longer one of the you're no longer one of the one of those of us down in the trenches. Yeah. Now you're up you now you're up me? on your uh you're up on your pedestal. So it's really weird that a guy who goes and sits in a air-conditioned office is <laughs> look comparing I themselves. Am, to I the- am doing the heavy lifting, figuratively speaking, of course. I mean, what some, is, of, I some average, of those some of those files that I'm transferring yeah. are upwards of two gigs. On That's average, a lot of weight to lift. What is the heaviest thing on a on a daily basis you lift? Huh. Uh, are we talking at work or in general? Because that way, I mean, nope, in general, at work. and in general, it's my daughter. I mean, she's like eighteen pounds now. Wow. <laughs> so uh, at work, at work, because again, the heaviest less than thing- two minutes ago, you said you and I were quote unquote well, look down in the trenches. Yeah. At so, work. so describe that trench to me that that you're in on a daily basis, and like, what's the? How much would you say this laptop weighs? <laughs> uh, or this water bottle? Oh boy, the water bottle might actually be more than the laptop. Wow! So you you know lifting up that, that name brand yeah thermos for yeah. your water because you don't drink coffee. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, are you uh so so now you're gonna you're there you're gonna gather around the water cooler. It's finally the dream. <laughs> wait, I would think that that would be something that you would hate. No, I I can't wait for water cooler. So you, you're I gonna... wanted a water cooler at my house just so I could have water cooler conversation. So you got to be living the dream now, man. You got the water cooler. You got conversations, no doubt. Friendships and deep bonded relationships with your coworkers. Yeah, you know it's going great until uh, you know I got to work from home. Huh. Yeah. Which uh, I don't love. No. There's something, and, and I can already tell that when I finally do get back into the office. You think they're going to have a party for you? No, Big, uh, I'm going to need to get not just like a regular, like the full length whip 
to get all of these mongrels back into shape. These are all the people that uh, started roughly at the same time as you. They're all on the same level as you. Yeah. In no way are you a superior to them. Uh, some would disagree. I don't know who. I mean, but... look, I know that you consider yourself superior to nearly everybody. Sure. But you are not, hierarchy-wise, their superior. Well, you know, some people would disagree with you on that. Uh, <laughs> who are those people that would disagree? You? Well, anyway, Steve, <laughs> uh, this wasn't just a big year for me. No. A long, oh boy. a long tenure dream, mm -hmm. and by long, I mean uh, about a year and a half, of yours finally came to fruition this year. Yeah. Because everybody knows when the power goes out two to three times in a two-year span, you go out and get yourself a generator. Chris is the APS 4.0 number one cheerleader. Yeah. He's offered to help with a bunch of the, the work in there and building a table. And, uh, I mean, he does electrical. He does electrical, yeah. The thing's practically already built outside of the supplies and the time and the effort. Uh, the yeah. effort. Yeah. But other than that, it's done. He, um, I'm going to be uh, calling upon his services for a little project that we're going to be doing here at the house. That's it. I feel like that's it for me. <laughs> you done? I, I don't know why this is it, Steve, <laughs> but I feel like that has to be the breaking point. Well, because you have got to be kidding me. So if Chris is coming over to help, let me let's play a little bit of twenty questions here. I can. Is it electrical related? Yes. Okay. Well, look, there's a way that we can get into this. That um, <sighs> do, do you not want to? We can listen. We can cancel. I, listen, it. we can well, look. We, we can pack that. We can pack this up right now. While you disgust me to my core as a human being, I feel like if we if we pull the ripcord on it now, the very few people who are listening who give a crap will be upset. So sure, Steve, the year of no projects rolls on. Let's hear all about it. In a cul-de-sac, a little up the road, there's a guy named Steve, who you may or may not know. His neighbors knew him from his side gig show. When Steve moved in, away they all the go. The birders, the widow, and the volleyball player. The silent neighbors in the secret lair. Just wave your hand, just wave your hand. Is that? Got a folding card table and two microphones. Is that? Got two dead neighbors, the others moved away. <laughs> Got a folding card table and two microphones. <laughs> well, this latest story brings us back here to the Zach Kyle, the big event that took place earlier this week. I don't know if it affected you as it did affect us. No. Um, the, no, it the, did not. The big storm that rolled through. Yeah, it was a quick hitter. 15-minute storm, I yeah. think, on, like, Wednesday or so. Knocked out our power for more than a day. We were without power for 28 hours here at the Steve house. It was not ideal. So you know what the perfect way to get your power to come back on? Is the generator happening, Steve? 
The perfect way to get your power to turn back on is to go out and buy a generator because the moment that you pull back in your driveway, your power will turn back on. That's exactly what happened to me on Thursday. So you went and bought a generator, a little, uh, like a gas one, I'm assuming? Yeah. So you've talked to yourself off the ledge of the whole home? I have, yeah. Okay, good. Probably a financially acceptable decision you've made. Probably. But you had just had it. You were without power for a few hours. The a few hours. We were without. It was over a day at that point. Was it really? Yeah. May have just said that. <laughs> Third time that has happened. Lost power like for an extended not, not uh, a flash. Uh, for an extended, uh, we've lost power a dozen times since we've been here. Um, the 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 word. The second place worst time was right around Thanksgiving when we ended up staying at your house one night. Right. Um, right. Yeah. That, I mean, obviously weather dependent that that was, you know, the worst case scenario. Yeah. Right. But yeah, we've lost it for we've lost it a ton of times for whatever reason. This little area. I don't know why. Like we're very susceptible because every time we lose power, yeah. I'll send you a text. I'll send Sino and Ryan Young a text. And I'll send my buddy Joe a text. We all live within about a four-mile sure. area. You're the furthest one away. You probably live four or five miles away. Yep. But both of them are like a mile mm-hmm. from here. No one else is ever without power. So for whatever reason, we always are. Isn't this the dream, though, for you? Well, not the dream. I shouldn't say that. But power goes out. You can go... Uh, I can't wait. <laughs> ...wander in the neighborhood, knocking on doors. Hey! You have uh, power too. See, see, I thought you were going to say, "Isn't it a dream that, like, now that the power is going to go out, I got a generator, so I can be like, <laughs> go out, pull the generator out." See, I, I, I don't feel like you'd look at that as a dream because you'd start getting wandering eyes from a <laughs> lot of your neighbor, your your call to Zach mates here. Who? No. Oh, hey, is that a, a generator? Yeah. Boy, it's a uh, awful hot in our house. <laughs> yeah. Suck it. As you. As, as my, you open, my house is like 32 degrees. As you close the door with a winter coat and you're <laughs> blowing ice from your nose. There's icicles hanging off of our porch. Yeah, so this, um, a couple of months ago, actually, it was probably back in November when the power went out uh, for that long period of time. One of the guys from the side gig, he had bought a generator like a year ago, never opened it, and then decided he was going to return it. And then when he went to return it, it was outside of the window of, you know, like 90 days or whatever. They would have maybe given him some store credit. So he was like, screw it. I'll just hold on to it. So back then he was like, hey, I'll give you a good deal on it. This is for a brand new generator. Had not even been taken out of the box. So I was going to do it then. But then I was like, nah, whatever. The power's back on. Everything's fine. It's never going to turn off again. Obviously, the power company has fixed this to the point where it'll never (laughs) happen again. This is the time. So the other day I finally... Sent him a text. I was like, hey, how much do you want for that generator again? Told me. I was Did like, the price go up? Price was the same. I, I said like he should have invoked emergency rates. <laughs> Six grand. What the? Well, I guess it's my only option. So I went over. I drove out to his house, which is a 40-minute drive for me to get to his house. Bought the thing. Drive all the way back. Now, my mother-in-law was at the house. She was watching Evelyn. So I pulled, I swear, as I am... Turning into my driveway, 
She sends a text to me and Annette saying, the power just came back on. I walked in the house. I was like, you got to be effing kidding me. So now I got a generator, but I don't want to be a poverty guy who just runs a series of extension cords into the house. Sure. So we're going to hook up one of the switcheroos on the fuse panel. And that's where uh, friend Chris comes in. He's going to help me out wiring that up. And then so when the power goes out, I go outside, haul my generator out into the yard, sure. put a big old plug into the side of the house, go downstairs, flip a switch, and bam, uh, power's back on. So are you going to be the guy now who's kind of looking outside? Like, oh, man, looks like a bad one coming in. Wind, wind's whipping around. Yeah, that or I, I know you. What's The first thing that's going to happen is you're going to get hooked up, and I think it's fair to do this, but you're going to go turn the power off. And see yeah. if the generator works. Yeah, you right? gotta you gotta test it, make sure it's hooked up right. So is this big enough that you'll be you'll still have to kind of pick and choose what it hooks up to, right? So you're thinking yeah. probably fridge, uh, fridge, furnace, like thermostat. Sure. Um, it might be enough to do AC. I don't think we're going to do AC though. But yeah, wow. we're just gonna pick pick a bunch of like a bunch of random circuits that have some lights and. And some outlets on them. Sure. That way we can have, you know, a couple lights upstairs, a couple lights downstairs. Man, so you've got... Outlet or two so we can charge a phone. This feels like something did you, like, pull out the blueprints for the home. You went to the county, <laughs> pulled the blueprints. You're like, okay, we need this outlet, this outlet, <laughs> this the light, this light. All good to go. Uh, no, we did not go that far, but... Um, oh, you're shell of the man you used to be. Just for, uh, for future reference, um, yeah, a few... You need that. I got it right here. Of course you do. <laughs> of course. For, obviously, you can't see this, but yes, Steve just turned his computer around to face me with the GD blueprint for his house. Every outlet, every switch, I know what breaker to turn on and off. Now, let me guess. What on earth was that? <laughs> that was... Oh, I think it's something up on the roof. Oh, that, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But oh. boy, that sounded like it was right behind me. Let me ask you what the purpose is, Steve, Yeah, behind having the blueprint for your home. Because I know there probably is, especially for somebody like you. Who's, you know, you've done upgrades, you've done changes, you've done things. Did you have that pulled within the first year of you living here, the first six months of you living here? Um, no, that was something that the previous owner left. Like, um, you know how when you open up your breaker panel? Sure. You got... 1 through 20, and yep. a lot of times they'll be labeled like living room or yep. refrigerator or something like that. Well, that's how ours is. But then inside of it, there was like a folded up piece of old graph paper where they had drawn out the entire house and then labeled every single outlet and switch, which to me is super useful because if I'm going to upgrade anything or I have to turn the power off for anything... yeah. I just look at this. I know, like, this outlet right next to me, this is breaker number 14. Wow. So now I just, now I don't have to go downstairs and, like, shut up. Is it off yet? No? Okay, back on. Turn this one off. Is it off yet? No. Okay. All right, turn it back on. Right. So, yeah, all I did, uh, I took the graph paper that they left me. I just scanned it, cleaned it up a bit. Oi. Right. Yeah. What Pretty, I mean, I know you're impressed. What a fun, fun person you must be to live with. What a, what a joy to be around. You must be on a daily basis. Hey, hi! <laughs> You're not going to believe it. 
<laughs> You'll never guess. I got all the outlets on this graph paper. Now, I know what you're thinking. Those two switches right next to each other, they're probably both on the same breaker. But they're not. One is number six, and one's number 13. What a wiring flaw, am I right? <laughs> I'm thinking we got to take this wall out so I can pull these, wo- pull these wires out. We're going to update this. That sound good? All right, I only need two power tools for this. <laughs> so, uh, Steve. Yeah. How many times you fired up the old Jenny? <laughs> oh, you. And making it worth the money, huh? So, uh, conspiracy <laughs> theories. Boy, we love a good conspiracy theory here on the Steve and Kyle podcast. Boy, do we, Steve. And one really came out of nowhere. I mean, everybody's heard about the fake moon landing. Yep. Or, Lee Harvey uh, Oswald Lee, had a bad day at work Lee, yep. and it wasn't him. Sure. Yep. That one. Uh, you know, Area 51 and, the, yep. and uh, Roswell. FDR knew about Pearl Harbor and mm-hmm. all of this stuff. But what about the theory, the conspiracy theory you came up with that related one of today, one of uh, this year's biggest stories, COVID, arguably the biggest story, to something that nobody else was really talking about, shark attacks. Steve, I can't put this off another week. Oh, boy. I so we need, is there any kind of intro that I need here? Are you going on a... No, not unless you have the X-Files theme, but... I believe I do. We used it before for something. That would definitely be a copyright takedown, wouldn't it? Probably. Yeah. All right. So insert spooky music here. So <laughs> I, do you still have the email I sent you last week? Uh, no, but I believe I have the wording. Um, you had said something like it. there's a big conspiracy. Got it. I have it right here. Okay. Steve, I was up. I was uh, I was working late. Sent this to you at 11.38 p.m. a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And it came to me. I realized what's going on. So I sent you the email with the words, The coronavirus has all been a nice cover-up for what is really going on in the world. Oh, the real threat is mounting its surge. Okay. This is big, then. Now, typically, that would come from, like, an at Infowars.com email. Yep. But that came, Steve, from me. And you know I'm not one to just willy-nilly make up stuff. Not at all. Or dismiss stuff uh, without giving it proper credit. So you know I mean business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Steve, I don't know where the coronavirus came from, but I know its intention. Well, it came from a lab. It's got... Nobody knows. It's came from uh, somebody eating a bat. Zero people can figure out where this virus has come right. from. But I know why it's there. I know why it's out in the world. All right. Because the real threat, Steve, and we've talked about this before, and I don't know how I put two and two together, but if this is the last you hear from me, now you know why. You know what's back, Steve? What? You know what's uh, elevated in areas surrounding this country right now? Mm-mm. The sharks are back, Steve. <laughs> so the, the the uptick in shark attacks is somehow related to... Not related, Steve. What I'm saying is that the coronavirus has been released to drag our attention away from the idea that the sharks are finally making their move. <laughs> 
So you think that this Upcoming is... Upcoming uh, Steve to a, you with evidence. I'll just, yeah, I'll just kind of... I'm just... I wouldn't come to you, not just you, Steve, I'm just our faithful listening audience, okay. if I didn't have evidence. I offer you June 7th, New South Wales, I believe that's off the coast of Australia. It is. I believe the Sunshine Coast. Ten-foot great white shark has killed a surfer. All right. Despite heroic attempts by fellow boarders to fight off the shark. Which is dumb, by the way. <laughs> why, why even bother? Just, I mean, it's a ten-foot shark. You go away. What, what's the old saying with like a, with a bear? I just need to be faster than you. Right, yeah. I just, I, I just, just need to Just don't be the slowest. Just don't be the slowest, and you'll be okay. Steve, that's not it! Because as I told you, I wouldn't come to you if I didn't have mountains of evidence. Is this a scenario where we're going to have like a, a plot points on a, on Listen, a map? Listen, if you want to pull open a map right now and start <laughs> dropping some markers, that'd be fantastic. Is this another scenario where you don't realize uh, where you're talking about Melbourne, Florida, and you think that it's... Steve, I just <laughs> nailed New South Wales. How dare you? I remember that one that time where you thought a that... A common mistake! You thought that a shark had traveled 6,000 miles in two days. A common mistake. Okay? Uh-huh. I come to you with more evidence, Steve. June 9th. Not just two days after... Hold on, can, we, uh, can, I, can I post a, a, a poll here? Yeah, Maybe please saying, do it. Now that coronavirus is... Uh, um, Taking all of the headlines. Mm -hmm. Are the sharks taking over? Are the sharks making their move? Okay. Not two days after that poor man lost his life, Steve. Off of New South Wales, somewhere in the Sunshine Coast or Gold Coast or whatever the heck he called it. Yeah. A great white shark was spotted. Ocean City, Maryland. Maryland. Okay, not New Jersey. That's good. Several miles off the coast, saw the great white around 3.30. Mm. Steve, I come to you with mountains of evidence. Yep. Maybe this one sticks in your craw a little bit, Steve. Yeah. North California, Santa Cruz. Oh, beautiful area. 26-year-old man. Prime of his life. Dead. Dead. Crime of his death. Less than 100 yards offshore, Steve. Oh, I thought you were going to say a 100-yard long shark. This is May. Okay? We're working our way around a calendar. But the only common thing here, this is Monterey Bay. We've had Monterey Bay before. Have we? On the shark attack plot point map. <laughs> okay? I wasn't aware. 26-year-old. Yeah, Yeah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't be aware because you just you wave off the the invasion like it's nothing. Like not. these man eaters aren't plotting their takeover. Hmm. Florida Beach, June twenty fourth. Which uh, which beach specifically? Oh, Homestead, Florida. Okay. What side of Florida is that on? Any idea? Hmm. Is that golf area? Sure. I, mean, I didn't read it. I didn't read the headlines. <laughs> Uh, another common theme. 
seven-year-old. Lost a chunk of leg, Steve. Oh, you're seven. You're still growing. Grow it right back. I don't know that flesh just grows that way. Look. Three wounds, Steve. Went into the water. Homestead, Florida. Bit. Hmm. 20 stitches. June 20. Still got their baby legs at that point. Work the same way as teeth. <laughs> Those fall off. The new ones. Grow right back. The new ones come in, right? Yep. All right, Steve. I see you're still brushing this off. <laughs> I come to you okay. with mountains of... June 20! June 20, okay, that, that's just uh, two weeks ago. North Carolina. North Carolina. What were you talking, uh, maybe Nags Head? Um, no, I didn't read it. Duck? I just read the headline, let me find out. Cape Hatteras! Cape Hatteras, the yeah. The National Seashore, Steve. Yeah. 16-year-old. 25 feet offshore 25 feet that is that is just barely more than me to you dad had to save the 16 year old son Mm -hmm. by kicking it in the nose saved his son by kicking him in the nose the the poor kid got a broken (laughs) nose and a chunk of leg missing but the old man saved him i mean i don't know what that would have accomplished i guess let the ends justify the means but I've never, I've never heard of saving somebody from a shark attack by kicking the victim in the nose. Steve, I come to you with more and more evidence. Okay. Can't this wait. video, I mean, come on, from South Africa, great white shark, just. Lurking around mm-hmm. three paddle boarders. Oh, yeah. 40 feet offshore, Steve. 40 feet. Oh, I'm sorry. One, two, three, four, five paddle boarders. And uh, you know what this is? This is scouting the crime scene. Okay? This is the shark. This is like the, so this is like the drive-by earlier in the yeah. day to make sure to see how many security guards are at the bank. The behavior shown, this is from experts, okay? So not just me, the expert. From- <laughs> right. That's good that you concurred with fellow experts. Experts agree with me. This is the shark aware of the surfers and investigating the surfers. Okay. If that doesn't chill you to your core, Steve, mm-hmm. that the sharks are on their way, I don't know what will. Does that... Does that stick with you? No. Steve, I come to you with I more have an evidence. Of evidence, I know. Yeah. A man handled a shark, had to handle the shark with his bare hands. Oh, boy. This is June twenty fourth. This is all coming. This is it's, it's ramping it's, up. It's, this is why it I is. brought it up. It's ramping up, right? Like if you turn around, there could be a shark right behind you. That's why I'm not looking around. I don't need a frisbo or throwing a shark around. You see that video, by the way, of a some kind of sea bird carrying a shark away? Really? Yeah. Crazy. Oh, boy. Birds, birds are next then, huh? Yep. Handling a shark. You know where this one was, Steve? I don't know. I, Delaware I no way, sound I no way of Does knowing. Delaware finally get into your brain that this is a serious epidemic? Uh... Yes. Rachel Foster took a video. Oh, not Rachel. 
depicts a man grabbing onto the shark, trying to unhook it. Shark, shark, get out of the water. It was just like Jaws. This is, what, this is Rachel Foster, okay? She's not one to be taken lightly. No, I've always said that. Delaware, Steve. Delaware. That's not going to, you know, uh, you're the, still just going to be wading into the ocean. It's the first state. Hang on, let me see this article. About 50 feet offshore. Boy, that's close. So you're telling me you, Annette, taking young Evelyn back to, back to the boardwalk for the first time. Yeah. You, you guys just bust out of karma a few drinks deep. I think karma closed. You're going to go... You're going to go shore the ocean. Yep. You are just going to walk in willy-nilly off the Jersey Shore with your young daughter into the ocean sea. Right the into the water. water. Really? Yeah, I might even put her on the end of a fishing line. I don't know what more I could show you, Steve. This is very clearly... All meant to be swept under the rug. Coronavirus this. You know, election that. Protest this. Yeah. All the while the sharks rub their dirty fins together and laugh demonically can in the shark, water. Can a shark touch its can fins they, can together? They touch fins? Like I a mean, seal? I mean, there's only one way we can really find out, right? Web pole. We have to put it on the pole. <laughs> Can sharks uh, rub their fins together deviously? <laughs> yes. Okay, good. Well, listen, Steve, I came to you today with not with a, one, with a mountain of not evidence. two, yeah. not three, not four or five. I came to you with, I think it was like six examples. Yeah. Ranging from Australia to South Africa to California to Florida mm-hmm. to uh, North Carolina to Delaware. Yeah. To, and Maryland. Okay, at least seven stories. Yeah. And you're dismissing it. This Listen, I don't want this to be the moment that I had. Okay, so I'm going to give you a few moments to backtrack. Because for me, there's audio that will live on forever. Yeah. Of me guffawing at the coronavirus. <laughs> okay? Saying it's a big old piece of nothing. We're all losing sleep over nothing. And then literally days later, the world shut down. I don't want this to be that for you, Steve. Number two, coronavirus. Yeah, where are we at with are that? Are scared about it? Nah. 75,000 reported cases. Yeah, our doctors are smarter. Smarter. Like, you don't, you're just not concerned at all. Nah. <laughs> Again, it is it's the verbal... That's the verbal version of what the Frisboers have done to you. Nah. Nah. <laughs> nah. Hey, na- hey, neighbor. Want to say hi? Nah. Like, that's where we're at. Hey, Steve. Are sharks a real issue? <laughs> nah. It's weird. It sounded like you. I don't want this to be that moment for you. Nah. So, Steve, I'll give you a moment. Okay. Do you want to walk back... Your, you know, nah, regarding shark attacks and come to the light. Nah. (laughs) You heard it here, folks. July 4th, America's birthday. And Steve is just laughing. Pro shark. Steve is pro shark. 
Oh boy, we're gonna need. We need some simplistic designs on the merch shop. We're still going back to the old team suspension bridge, team uh, covered bridge. Yeah, we need that. And now we need team shark. <laughs> and we already have the shark patrol shirt. Perfect time of the year to grab that at stephenkyle.com slash merch. That's the one with a shark and a... Shark coming out of the water. Holding, Zach made it. Holding got... like a piece of pizza? No, no, oh, no, 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 no. I'm, th- I'm, yeah. I'm mixing them up. Yep, I'm thinking... I'm thinking of an eagle. Yep. Yeah. Zach made us a beautiful design for the uh, anti-shark beach patrol. You can check that out, stephenkyle.com slash merch. If you, unlike Steve, care about humans and families not being torn apart by the invasion of sharks... On all of our coasts. So you threw the conspiracy theory out there, Kyle. Do you have any further evidence to back that up? We are now, what, five months after you made that, uh, that, that accusation? Steve, let me very quickly give you an update. Uh, oh, look at this. Uh, shark killed Maui surfer. They used mm. DNA to identify it as Great Whites gather in Monterey Bay. Mm. Two people die in shark attacks. How unusual is this? Two weeks ago, rare shark attack kills tourists off St. Martin. So, Steve, the evidence is in front of you. Yeah. Okay? And if you fail to see it or acknowledge it, I beg you to open your eyes. It's not that I fail to. It's just that in the past, you've... mm, you fumbled a bit when talking about these shark attacks. There was the no. infamous one from either 2018 or 2019 when uh, you mistakenly thought that a shark had somehow traveled, like circumnavigated the globe in about three hours. Yeah, I believe it was like Jupiter, Florida or something. <laughs> and it was actually Australia or something like that. And we did the math that shark would have had to be swimming at about 4,000 miles per hour. And I stand by it. Something, something jet stream. It could have worked. Sure. Three weeks ago, that same shark attack in Honolulu, Steve, halted a World Mm. Surf League season opener. But no, by all means, continue to make light of everything going on. Yeah. Um, You know, there's there's a phenomenon that happens, and I would say, Steve, in this podcast, it happens four or five times a year. Yeah. And it probably happens more often the other way around, like today, where you say, hey, I think we kind of sound bad. Yeah, yeah, we definitely do, because, uh, again, we're... Sitting here in APS 3.0, we are both masked up. Yep. I believe that Dan Shike called it the the Mumbles and Charlie Brown's teacher cast. Yeah, yeah, Dan Shike, the audio uh, audio weirdo. Ooh, look at me, I turn knobs. Hey, you don't look, even know what they do, man. Look at my full head of hair, turn up the treble. <laughs> I think that's like his whole job, right? Hey, does I need more mid bass coming out of the tweeters? <laughs> Sub wolf. I'm assuming that's what you say when you want more subwoofer. You just say subwoofer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can't, you can't have the time. You don't have the time to say er. Nobody's got that time. Uh, but this right here, this is a prime example because we don't like these opportunities to go to waste. Mm-hmm. This right here, and, and ladies, I hope you're seated because this is one of the times we sounded really, really good. By the way, I think that our mics sound great. I, today. So, I feel like I sound like I feel a different person. So ballsy right now, like in a world. I feel like if we need to record anything for future use, we record it this second. You know, so we we stop mm-hmm. this garble for the listener, <laughs> yeah, and we start recording for our own use, yeah, yeah. We'll you be, know, we'll be big big voiceover actors in no time. Which uh, another tease, yeah. And and it's important to say as well that 
Uh, since we had the microphone cable issue of six weeks ago, the microphone cable still wrapped around the mic yeah, arm. Yeah, we I haven't done up. anything differently. Now, is that a bad sign about our equipment? That one week we sound great, and then two of the other three Boy. weeks you have to mute yourself because you have a buzzing coming from your cord. You know, I to be honest, I don't even know what you just said, but I was just listening to how good it sounded. It's the dulcet tones right now, it like sound, it's that bottom end. I know. I feel like if I'm up here, it's like, oh, hey, you're kind of whiny, and you sound. But as soon as I bring it down, oh, a bit, you know, yeah, bam. Hang on, do they still do like telephone dating lines? <laughs> because I mean, I'm married, but if I ever get single, now's the time to yeah, record. Yeah, yeah, record it, knock it out right now. Okay, uh, three, on. two, one, go. Hey, ladies. <laughs> Steve, it's going to be hard to get people to, you know, listen to my voicemail. No, see, it, after it, it that. can't be. Okay. Um, that you're trying too hard. It has to be more off the cuff. Like, oh wait, I didn't even see oh. you. Oh, I didn't even see you there. Is that my phone ringing? Okay, okay, sir. <clears throat> All right, three, two, one. Oh hey, thanks for calling. This is Kyle. Are you on the lookout for someone with little to no hair? Average height, baggage, emotional and literal physical. I have a child. That's what I'm trying to say. Decent car, decent job. No home. Wife got that when she left me. Okay, so she left you. I like to gamble. I probably drink too much. Hmm. Looking for me? <laughs> Leave a voicemail. Are you an SWF? <laughs> uh. S-W-M, searching for anything in terms of happiness. Leave a voicemail after the tone, and maybe you and I can meet up for a few too many alcoholic beverages because I have a drinking problem. Maybe we make a night of it. Head down to the casino. Can watch me get super angry at a sporting event that I have gambling on. It's going a bit too long. You know, they say... You need to end it with a catchphrase. Uh, web of love, come get caught. <laughs> now I'm thinking something like, oh no, that's fine. okay. Like, uh, like here, I'll text it to you so it'll be <laughs> that way you can do it off yeah, the cuff. Yeah, that's more organic. You know. There we go. All right, come so. visit me and my wiener dog in our studio apartment, where I stumble onto my futon every night, pass out, typically drunk. Ciao for now. <laughs> Beep. And then every day I get home from work and then it's like... You run over to your answering machine. It's like 15 voicemails of like, hey, you just need to know uh, that's the biggest turnoff I've ever heard. Beep. Hey, your voice sounded really neat, but you sound like the biggest ogo I've ever encountered. Beep. Hey, want to go out? <laughs> yeah, shrug my shoulders, say, give it a shot. How did we get here? Our voices sound really good. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, it hasn't happened yet, Steve, uh, so we can just... If you just want to file away that telephone dating resume mm-hmm. for me... Yeah, just in uh, case. As Katie is still with me, probably partially, partially because of the uh, the old ticker... 
would yeah, have been yeah, some yeah, bad optics it, if she'd left after that. Yeah, she's got to wait until at least spring. Yeah, you got to wait six months. That's the rule. Mm-hmm. Six months on uh, open heart surgery before you can uh, yeah. break a bolt. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it just it would be bad form. Oh, yeah. Bad you, form. Listen, you don't want the bad appearance. You know, next thing you know, it's in the news. Because obviously I have my contacts at the news. Sure. You know, yeah. slanderous issues and all that stuff. So earlier this year, uh, as we do every podcast, every episode of this podcast, we started off by enjoying a York peppermint patty oh. uh, that have been around since approximately my wedding three years ago. Too long, Steve. Some would say they've <laughs> so, been around for too long. Some would say. But uh, every time we bite into one of those, it's like we're on the Alpine Slopes. And doing that earlier this year uh, kind of reminded us of uh, the godfather, some would call him, of the the ski tree incident, Sonny Bono. We Is didn't that... have a chance last week, Steve, to properly welcome us mm, back to APS 3.0. Welcome back. So I've got us a few uh, York peppermint patties cheers here. From cheers from across the room. Yep, cheers for the, uh, for the York. Oh, um these are still good, right? Yeah, these things don't go bad. They're, it's like space food. That's what I'd read, yeah, is that the York peppermint patty is ageless. Uh, let's see. Expires August 2019. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's like the, you know, the five-second rule for, you know, open food on the ground. Uh-huh. It's the one-year rule. Mm. So we just have to finish... <laughs> 300? Those, those 300 Yorks in the next five days. Yeah. And if we finish them in the next five days, we will only finish them one year past their expiration. <laughs> mm. Oh, boy. This is good. Oh, boy. It's been a while. Whoosh. Oh. Whoosh. That's oh, right. I'm skiing. I'm skiing down a mountain because it's so it's so cold and crisp. Now, are you a goggle skier, Steve? Oh, yeah, of course. So you've got those, uh, those sun rays being... Oh. Whoosh. Steve. Whoosh. Look out for that tree. Whoosh. <laughs> Leave me alone, Cher. <laughs> I'll never hit a tree. <laughs> right, because, I mean, the only person that we know of that's ever hit a tree while skiing is Sonny Bono. Right. Husband of Cher. Right, and I'm, I mean, I'm sure there's been some that are America's lesser, Funniest Home Videos versions. <laughs> lesser known ski tree hitters. Yeah, absolutely. Is there a list of famous people who have hit a tree? While skiing, <laughs> most famous people with ski tree accidents. <laughs> I want to say, didn't Liam Neeson's wife? Yes. <clears throat> Apologies. Liam Neeson's wife passed away with a. Uh, she bonoed? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's. Yeah, that, that, that's the way... I don't know why I'm offended. Uh, I didn't know Sonny Bono or uh, Liam Neeson's wife. Yeah, Natasha Richardson. And see, that doesn't wife. flow as well as Bono'd, though. Hey, so I'm assuming you... he did it first. He's the, he's the granddaddy of them all. Oh, right. Listen, he's the grandfather of the ski tree incident. Okay. Yeah, okay. On the poll this week, is Sonny Bono the grandfather... <laughs> Or should it be God? It should be Godfather, okay. right? Yeah, the the Godfather of the ski tree incident. I did not know this. Now, granted, I there's under no reason should I be a Sunny Bono or a Sunny and Share 
aficionado. Mm-hmm. But when they pull up the very brief description, famous skiing deaths include actress and wife of Liam Neeson, Natasha Richardson, and singer, actor, and U.S. congressman? He was, Sonny yeah. Bono? Yeah, he was... Um, well, I know that he was the mayor of Palm Springs in California for a, a number of years, and then he... Um, yeah, he ran for Congress. Really? I'm assuming California, but I, I guess so. I don't. Is this post divorce and post their TV show and all that stuff? Because they had a fa- pre very... pre ski incident, obviously. That, that boy, that yeah, that seems like an easy look, clarification. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I just want to, I just want to make sure everyone's aware of the timeline. I appreciate you. That 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 is a, that is a legitimate Steve and a legitimate important correction. <laughs> to you know, we don't. I don't want people being confused about the Bono Snow Ski timeline. There is no conspiracy, I don't think, or there's no idea, there's no Kenny Rogers theory floating around there about Sonny Bono. Oh, Kenny Rogers, it's definitely weak. Of course it is. Uh-huh. There's no. You don't think somewhere off in a hidden resort, Kenny and. Sonny are sharing a duet somewhere right now, still kicking. I don't know. Were they friends? Who did? did I mean, no. Uh, I mean, how look, could you? Not nothing. Be... Nothing would surprise me about the Raj at this point. No, I mean, listen. New facts every week, and they're all more amazing than the previous yeah, one. Outside de- of the second time we learned about de- his goat, definitely never repeated. Because <laughs> that would be embarrassing after like six weeks. You know, <laughs> I didn't even make it a year. Even make it close. Yeah, it does not it does not specify a uh, an explicit friendship between Sonny Bono and Kenny Rogers. I bet that they jammed though. Let me ask you this, Steve. This was before both of our times. Was Cher a was Cher like a sex symbol back absolutely. in that era? So we're talking seventies, right? Yes, absolutely. Because I look at photos of them together and for me it flips back and forth. Like there's one where by the way Compared to what she aged into, and obviously I'm sure there was some surgery and some other stuff mm-hmm. included, she doesn't even look remotely similar to what she did in that era. Yeah, she. I, I feel like um, she's one of those people that constantly reinvents herself, never really looks the same. Uh, from from my money, doesn't uh, the highlight of her career is when she re-recorded. I got you, babe, for the Beavis and Butthead Do America soundtrack. Oh back wow, mid nineties. Because a lot of people would assume peak share was not the Sunny Bono era, was not the TV show era, but was when she was writhing around on a naval ship mm. in a one piece yeah. in her that had to be fifties, forties at that point. Probably that was if I could turn back time. Yep. Correct. Oh yeah, I bet that that was. I bet she was in her fifties then. Because she, how old did you say she was now? I did not say. Oh, I thought you said. No, I did she's not. She's got to be in her 70s, right? If I could turn back time, that came out in Cher, 1989. And Cher is 74 right now. So 31 years ago. Yeah. So she was 43. Okay. Well, it's not nearly as old as I thought. But would you say. I'm th- almost 43. Maybe, you know. And Who again, do you think would look better in a one piece singing I could turn back time? I'd pay to see you, Steve. I've already seen Cher, so I know. <laughs> right. hey, at this point, I, I'd pay to see. Let me see. Let me pull up this picture from the music video. You know, I wouldn't say it's a particularly good-looking 43. No. Um, no, but then she really went down the surgery route. 
I think. And uh, has really, well, turned back time. <laughs> For real lack of a better term. She still performs at 2019. There's a still of her on YouTube performing that song 2019 in Amsterdam. She still throws on this slinky little uh, One Piece style Does thing. She, but, like, can you go see a Cher concert? Or is it well, Cher now did. to perform her hit? It's Cher, and it's like at a New Year's Eve celebration. She comes out, sings one song, and that's it. No, if I remember right, Cher... Like Cher's not doing world tours, right? Cher, I think, held a record for longest residency in Vegas, I thought. Oh, she's... Yeah, I knew she was doing that. I didn't know she still she's was. She's still there at the M- at MGM Resorts. I don't know exactly which one in... Because uh, MGM owns a, you know, a whole lot of them mm-hmm. over there. But yeah, Cher shows in Vegas. She still does those. Wow. Is that is that better than the world tour? Do you want the residency in oh, Las Vegas? Oh, God, yeah. Well, obviously... Like, if if it's me, if I'm the performer, hell yeah. See, no... I want, could... I want to be able to do my song, do my or do my hour, hour and 20-minute show every night, mm-hmm. walk backstage, get in the elevator, hit the P for penthouse, and within five minutes of walking off stage, I'm back in my penthouse apartment, you know, having a drink, going to bed. So, you know, obviously, Steve, this is makeup professional and everything. Look at her. Like, that looks fantastic. She, that looks fantastic, looks right? Good for her. Good for you, Cher. Well, glad she's doing well. You know, we we're all worried about her after the, you know, the Bono incident. You know, she'd pull through. You think she's still. Nope. I'm not going to make that joke. No, no, no. Go ahead. Okay. You think she still goes back to the tree and, you know, kind of touches the imprint where his head hit as, like, a memory? Boy, that's just out of line. Can't believe you'd say such a thing. Are you an animal? Because you know, a lot of you can go to the gravesite of whoever of your loved ones. If you know, if you if you feel that way about speaking to your deceased loved ones, right? You'll see people go to the gravesites sure. and you know talk, have conversation. I think that's I think that's beautiful. But do you ever think that Cher has a picnic on the ski hill at the tree? Do you, think, or do you think they took down the tree, Steve? Is, is the tree that murdered American icon Sonny Bono still there, or is it in prison? Okay, do you you know how sometimes you'll be driving on the highway and you see like a roadside yeah. memorial? Do you think there's a treeside memorial on the ski hill? Th- listen, that'd be a skiing hazard. I You'd have to warn the skiers, you know, is this a black diamond or is this a bunny hill we're talking about? Boy, imagine if you're Sonny Bono and you kick the bucket on a bunny hill. Yeah, like, like, just a, get like a fifteen degree grade that like people can walk past you and you turn around and say, "Shut up, share." Of course, I'm not going to hit that tree. Oh, there it is. Google Groups is this tree that Sonny Bono hit? I'm looking at it right now. It's still there. So, is there a makeshift memorial? Uh, inconclusive. Let's see. I heard they cut it down because of too many people standing around taking pictures and videos, creating an unsafe obstruction. I believe it's gone. Yeah, it sounds like it is. they cut it down for exactly that reason, hmm. because people were going there to find it. So somewhere in America. There it is. There it is. R.I.P. Bono. You miss it. It's not just one. I mean, that's a yeah, cluster. It's not, it's not like it's in the middle of the... Would you hydroplane? All right. Four left! Four left! 
The trees can't move, Sonny! Shield your head! <clears throat> well, rest in peace, Sonny Bono. There's only one way you and I eulogize people, and it is beautiful. We give majestic eulogies to uh, important people who have lost their lives. Mm-hmm. And to support that method, to support that idea, you can uh, go vote on the poll. Is Sonny Bono, Bono the godfather of the ski tree incident? It's on Facebook and Twitter, at Stephen Kyle. But what a nice trip down memory lane. 1998, yeah. 1998 that January happened of 98. in Nevada. What were you doing in January of 98? Well, I was 11, Steve, so I was... Hmm. I was a junior. I was halfway through my junior year in high school. Okay. Um, let's see. What was big in my life back then? Uh, January of 98. Okay, so uh, about a month earlier, I had been dumped by my girlfriend. Oh, wow. And, Christmas uh, time. Merry Christmas, oh, yeah, Steve. Yeah, it was like a week before Christmas. She dumped me. Uh, January was, 5th was a Monday, Steve. I was, so pretty, I was pretty down in the dumps. January 5th. Monday, January fifth, nineteen ninety eight. You were going back to school. Probably would have been my Christmas yeah, probably break. Probably been my first day back at school. Freshly dumped. I actually, man, I remember this time very clearly. Actually, because I had been, um, I had been dumped by my girlfriend, mm-hmm. and I decided, like, of course, uh, like I always did when I was a kid. I had big bushy hair, and I had like. I had braces, and it was a—I mean, it was a rough time. Like I deserve to be broken up with in hindsight, okay. because it just simply based on appearance. So, fourteen-year-old Steve she, thought he was ugly enough that he should have been broken oh, up no, no, with. No, 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 seventeen, seventeen, seventeen-year-old Steve, well, almost was seventeen, self-aware enough that he was a filthy, <laughs> ugly monster. Yeah. So I remember I was broken up with right before Christmas, and I decided to use Christmas break that year mm-hmm. to reinvent myself. And I remember I shaved my head, uh, which was a much better look for me. Yeah. Probably always has been a much better look for me. I don't know, man. I, I, listen, the Cooper hair, when you busted that thing out in Van Wert, Ohio. That was, that was something special. Two years ago now. Two years. Was yeah. that two? No, that wasn't two years. Was that last year? That was don't last remember. April. I think it was. I think it was last year. No, I'm like, well, who cares? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I went went home on Christmas break, shaved my head, got my braces taken off, which was like they weren't even ready. But you said, "Hey, Doc, <laughs> I, I gotta just, reinvent myself. Get the chisel." Just went out in the garage, grabbed some pliers. And bink, that is bink. one I remember getting the braces off dude, because that was big. You're excited to get them off. Well, back then too, you had braces for like three years. Oh, absolutely. Now it's like if you do have to get braces, if you can't just get one of those pop-in Invisaligns or things yeah. that you wear at night, you have them for like six months. Seriously? But yeah, back then, I remember getting—I got my braces in eighth grade. Yeah. And it was halfway through my junior year by the time I got them taken off. What? Um, but I remember getting them off. And again, you're so excited. But then you really, it's like, it's like an hour and a half appointment Mm -hmm. because they literally have to chisel the glue off your teeth and it hurts. I don't remember mine being so bad from, I remember it, honestly, the way that I just described it, they basically grabbed onto it and they gave it a little twist and Mm. it just popped right off. Cause I remember thinking like, if they come off so easily, how have they not fallen off in the last three years for me, like eating a piece of, you know, eating a Jolly Rancher or something. 
Um, and that first feeling, though, when they cut oh, the main run. wire that runs through the whole thing, and, and they you, take that off, and you're like, oh, it just, man. Yeah. And then you run your, like, they pop the braces off, you run your your tongue along your front teeth, you're like, whoa. This is different. Whole new world. I don't have to worry about getting food out in between these anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, I got uh, got the haircut, got the braces taken off, mm. and uh, changed up the wardrobe a bit. I remember I went back to school with a couple of new shirts, and I was feeling on top of the world. Did you bust out the uh, Jinko jeans? No Jinko. I was never got... into Jinkos. I never got them. Definitely baggy. Definitely baggy jeans. That's the 90s look, man. Yeah. I mean, and, well, early 2000s as well. Yeah. Like, it was... It's. It's been a total 180 in terms of how pants are supposed to fit you in mm-hmm. the last 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was a whole new world for me. And I remember the, the first person to say anything was my one of my teachers, Mr. Minitti. Yeah? And I had like... Of course. Middle of New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. Minitti. He's probably... You probably walk in and you interrupt him and, Whoops, hey, and drop some meatball down his shirt. Uh, surprisingly, you're not far from... from uh, uh, the the truth at all. Now I had also I had also taken the time to grow a little peach fuzz goatee because hey, I remember year old Steve. Now Minetti, his uh, <laughs> again not surprising his his greeting his go to term like normally if if you walk in and I see you I'd be like hey well his was yo guy <laughs> so <laughs> I remember walking into his class and he's like oh yo guy what do you got going on here you got the got the haircut up here you got the new thing down here you got the nothing on your teeth they're looking good and i was like hey, wow. thank, he's thank ve- you. very descriptive this guy this minity <laughs> that's exactly how uh, he was hey missing that you got that <laughs> this is different hey yo hey, hey boom hey yo guy well he was he was the teacher for a class called eo which was i forget it stood for like in hindsight i think it was the class for the you went to of like you didn't have a shot in hell at being good at anything else. Okay, I think it stood for like employment opportunity. Um, so in the uh, in the cafeteria in the high school, mm-hmm. back in like off the side of the cafeteria, there was the the teachers. It was like the teacher, not a lounge, but like the teachers' kitchen. Sure. So the teachers could go in there and order their lunch. They could get you know a sub or sandwiches or whatever. Oh, listen, this is Jersey. You've got two options. Spaghetti with a meatballs <laughs> or a hoagie. Yeah. That's it. Right. So students worked in the kitchen. So I was in the class EO. So like for the first week of the semester, you learn how to like how to slice meat and you learn how to how to make a sandwich. Hang on. I swear. Because no one else has ever heard of this. And every time I bring no. it up, they give the exact response. Yeah, because that you first of all. You have to get like nowadays. You have to get like certification. You're gonna be in a union slicer. You need to be in a union. So let me ask you before we get too deep, well, further deep in, how much did you get paid for this, Steve? Oh, nothing, nothing at all. How is any of this okay? I need to explain more of this to you because it's not going to make it. No, it just gets crazier. Okay. To me, in hindsight, looking back at this, like I can't imagine something like this happening now. So, the first couple weeks of the semester. You, we would actually make the menu. We'd say, okay, well, what kind of sandwiches should we offer this year? What kind of salads should we do? What kind of this? What kind of that? And then we would make the actual menu and uh, learn how to make, like, the, we'd have a class where it's like, okay, now we're going to learn how to make this. Yeah, uh, the hoagie and the spaghetti and meatballs. Right. And then after a couple of weeks, 
the kitchen was open, so we'd be in there. I was in there like fifth period or something, mm-hmm. which was one of the lunch periods. So you'd be sitting in there, and it was somebody's job to work the counter, somebody's job to work the slicer. There was a dishwasher. There was somebody who assembled sandwiches, so somebody would come in. There was a girl named Lisa. She would take the order. She'd be like, oh, I need a, I need an SU4, which was like sub number four. So you'd look up at the board. You'd be like, okay, that's a... It's an Italian sub, so you get your you get your ham and you get your gabagool and you get your yeah, lettuce yeah, and yeah. tomato because and you get, build the whole thing and then you wrap it up and you pass it out to them and they they would either sit at there were a couple booths in there or they would take it and go to the teachers' lounge. Yeah, but it was yeah. So like our cafeteria was in the back of the school and if you looked out the back window, there was the the garage where um, like the buses. And some of the bus drivers and the bus mechanics, they would do their thing back there. So sure. there was this one very, very, very large woman named Ida. And she was a bus driver. And she'd come in every day and she'd, be, she'd say, give me an Italian sub heavy on the oil. And, like, you had to make this sub and then basically take the, you know, like a little the squeeze ketchup, bottle, the little of squeeze oil. bottle yeah, that looked yeah, like yeah. a ketchup bottle and basically just hold it over it. And, like, have a full conversation with Ida as you were just draining the the oil onto her sub. Like, she wasn't happy unless she bit into it and it was, you know, dribbling down her arm. So that was EO. I, what a fascinating look back at what there's... There's no chance that would work. Today. No, it would. I, be I wonder. I wonder if they still do it. Well, because I know that be, I know. I know. Would be just throwing a fit. I know Minetti retired. He's. Oh. Uh, Oh, are you sure? Are you sure retired? Because when I think of when I think of of Maniti, I'm not going to have him, I'm might have gonna... retired. Oh, no. from from life. <laughs> yeah, we think. Do we? I think... could send my brother a text. My brother would know. Well, I'm, I'm actually messaging your brother right now. Oh, Maybe let me ask him. Is Mister? Just you... say. Just say. Is Yo Guy still alive? He'll is... know exactly. Or the Ombre is Yo Guy still kicking? He'll know exactly what you mean. Recording the podcast right now. <laughs> uh, because when I think of Maniti, I don't think of Maniti as old man Maniti. And tell me if I'm wrong here. I think of Maniti as in, and I don't want you to even correct me. Just nod your head, please. Maniti's mm-hmm. um, in his mid-40s. He's got a receding hairline, but he still slicks back his long hair all the way. He's got a full beard. Maybe not a full beard. I'll come back to the facial hair. But I get the impression that Maniti maybe owed a few bucks to some people with some sports betting issues. When I think um, of Maniti Yogai, I think of Maniti owing a few dollars, and maybe he came in with a few bandages on his hand and like a busted-up knuckle here and there because he was late on uh, paying back the bookies for the Celtics game last Thursday. I know it's going to sound like a real stereotype, yeah. but he looked pretty much like Chef Boyardee. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Receding hairline, you got it. Jet black hair, not a lot of it. Um, slicked back, mustache, like short black mustache. Yeah, that was that was the ombre. Oh man, uh, your brother came back uh, with a joke. He said he's telling his grandkids to get the hot soapy water and wipe down the counter. Oh yeah, yeah, yo guy, yo and guy. I, so get I a- asked him again. I said, is he still out there? Almost like the X Files, you know. Yo guy, get a couple buckets of hot soapy and wipe this down. I'm telling you, Maniti owed money. That's all I'm saying he, about Maniti. Well, I know that his... How did well, you I feel s- like he ran for... I for, I know that his son was like the mayor. 
he ended up becoming the mayor much later uh, because I had this crazy chance encounter with his, it would have been Minetti's daughter-in-law. Mm-hmm. I was just talking to this woman one day when I was back there for a radio station event. And I was like, she was like, oh, where'd you grow up? I know you're from New Jersey. I was like, I grew up in Cinnaminson. She said, oh, I'm married to a guy named from Cinnaminson, so-and-so Minetti. And I said, Minetti, I had a Mr. Minetti in high school. And she said, yeah, that's my father-in-law. Hang on. What is Mr. What is your Minetti's name? First name. Or do you just want to type? Maybe you can text it to me. To be honest, I'm not sure. Okay. Why? What do you got? Well, I think it may be his kid. There was some weird, uh, some stuff went on, I his think. His kid's in the news. Yeah. If it's, An- his kid might be Anthony. Yeah. Uh, and he's the mayor now of Cinnamon. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, he, I knew uh, that. He, <laughs> I knew, there's a headline title from New Jersey, the NJ.com. Mm-hmm. New Jersey mayor flips out over Facebook post mocking his election loss. And when was this? This was 2017. Okay. Yeah. And uh, somebody used uh, the crying Jordan meme, and he lost his mind. (laughs) (laughs) I need to know if... Is uh, it M-I-N-N-I-T-T-I? M-I-N-N-I-T-I. One one T on the end, Steve. Uh, December 9, 2017. After a tumultuous year, Mayor bid cinnamons in a fond farewell. He probably turned around, flipped the bird, and couldn't wait to get out. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. I'm assuming that this Anthony Minetti, the, the this, mayor, is Anthony Jr. I feel like it was this Anthony. This story made dead spin back in the yeah. day of when he did this. So, mm-hmm. no, uh, oh, wow. I mean, that's impressive. Well, we'll never know. <laughs> Minetti, maybe out there, maybe with a limp because he busted a couple kneecaps after he didn't pay his debts. Maybe yeah. ran away with his son in disgrace. Oh, boy. Man, that brings back a lot of memories. You know, the time's going to come, Steve, when, when Brother Mike is able to come out and visit mm-hmm. and have have a little bit of time to where I can just sit him down at this table, whether you're here or not, and get a full recap on so many tales and yarns that have been spun on this podcast, mm-hmm. just like Mr. Minitti. Yeah. Like the, I mean, uh, I'm sure he was around. He would probably have your parents' thoughts when you went and bought that ridiculous jet ski. <laughs> All of nah, these, probably not. We, Maybe. Well, I'm Maybe. sure. I'm sure it was mentioned between your brother it, and it parents. Was, yeah. And I would love to know the thoughts, however many years after the fact, about that. That is a podcast that I need in my life. I need to start my list of old Steve stories. Yeah. To where there are a few. To where we can get. The hindsight thoughts from a family member. On mm, that. Yeah, there there would be there would be plenty, and then uh, maybe one day uh, your brother will join us here on this yeah. podcast. He can say what he thought about when he broke my nose, <laughs> when he watched my uh, Achilles rupture. Yeah, all yeah. of this fun stuff. Yeah, kind of laughed, didn't he? As you hobbled, as you hopped on one foot from <laughs> from the dugout. No help. <laughs> to the- no. <laughs> to the parking lot, which was inexplicably... It might as well have been a mile. 600 yards. It was away. so ridiculous. I looked at it and I thought it was insurmountable. <laughs> it might as well have been Mount Everest. That might be one of the greatest athletic achievements ever I was to so exhausted. The pain didn't even set in because I was so exhausted. Yeah. And in hindsight, that run is probably what made my aortic valve explode. Mm, could be. Um, could be. You know, I... Just to recap, though, Steve, because I don't want to get too far away. Hey, yo, guy. Oh. Hey, yo, guy. Give me a BU-7. 
That'd be a Burger 7. So it's, it was probably like, uh, let's see, a BU7. That's pretty far down the list because you figure BU1 was your basic hamburger. BU2 was probably a cheeseburger. Uh, BU3, maybe lettuce and tomato. Uh, man, BU7. I don't even know if there was a BU7. If there was, it was probably something ridiculous like a chicken Cobb Caesar salad burger. But yeah, that was the that was that was Mr. Minity. That was the EO guy. That great class. EO. What a just a eclectic assortment <laughs> of people in that segment. Again, yeah. should not go unnoticed. Our third eulogy <laughs> of the year as we talked about the passing there of Wilford Brimley. Yeah. And now we're moving on to a fourth eulogy. Oh no. Yeah. I, I think, Steve, we need to seriously talk about only recording when somebody important dies. Well, look, this was breaking news that hit us, hit us like a ton of bricks. Oh. And that was when we found out that uh, the man from such films as and Wilford Brimley had passed away. Oh. Oh. Uh, sorry to interrupt this regular recording of the Stephen Kyle podcast, but I have to tell you, Wilford Brimley, dead at 85. Oh, my. Oh, man. Boy, breaking news. It somehow just doesn't doesn't really work on a podcast because someone could be listening to this in nine months. Nah, we just, but hey, let's this just is release just, this in this 10 is just, minutes. This is just a, a little taste of, uh, of what's happening at this current time, future traveler, yeah. if you're listening to this in the year 2035. Yeah, wow. Wilford um, Brimley, according to TMZ, the diabetes campaigner and film actor for cult classics, including Cocoon, The Natural, and The Thing, has passed away on Saturday morning at his home in Utah. Last, uh, la- looks like the last thing he was in, 2016, Timber the Treasure Dog, so <laughs> safe to say that thing, that career took a jump off the cliff. How do you know? Do you know Timber the Treasure Dog didn't? Bonnie and Clyde did that one, didn't he? That career. Uh, starring Wilford Brimley. Well, that's the first I would argue that's the first alarm bell. That should go off if he's your star at age 81. Featuring the voice of Kix Brooks of Brooks and Dunn Brooks and fame Dunn, yeah. as the titular character. Film was released to DVD and streaming platforms in 2016. You know what, Steve? I apologize for telling you that his career uh, maybe did the old Bonnie and Clyde because he started in this film with other actors such as J.D. Hoppy, Avery South, Sage Chase, hmm. Rob Hillis, Sewell Whitney, and Jessica Morris. And I'll say this, two of them have a Wikipedia page. <laughs> Rest in peace, Mr. Brimley. You've earned it. You, that sounds weird, right? You've well, earned it. if we're still doing this podcast in 22 and a half years, you and I are going to have to prepare something real nice for Mr. Wilford Brimley. <laughs> yeah, because as, as we know, the proper time of mourning before a eulogy... Mm-hmm. 22 and a half years. So uh, set a reminder in your phone yeah, for, for um, let's see, it's going to be February. February 2nd. February of 2043. Whew. I mean, are we going to have phones by then? I mean, look, there's going to be a way to, to export that info to whatever future device I have. 
The odds that both of us are alive in 2043 seems like, what, 6040? 2043. Let's see. So he said 22 and a half years. I'll be, uh, well, I'll be in my 60s. I'll be, because I just turned 39, so I'll be like 61, 61 and a half. Yeah, you'll be staring down the barrel of Social Security. Yeah, look at that, 62. I mean, hopefully. You'll be uh, looking at Medicare. Mm-hmm. No doubt the slinging monkeys will all be gone. Oh, yeah, all dead. Um, now, what about you? Are you still going to be... Dead at 40. St- so you're not still going to be plugging away at the at the mortgage denial company with your with your stamp? You think you'll still have a rubber stamp then? I, I hope so. It's, you know, it's almost like if you see a slot machine, but they're moving away from the uh, pull arms. Yeah, the old one-arm bandit. So you find the pull arm, and it's like a real blast in the past. It gives you a little real sense of joy as you hear that. Oh, yeah, I love that. Just that, like, that like that gear crunch feeling as you're... Makes it feel more authentic than just sadly pushing the repeat button. Oh, yeah, nobody wants to do that. Yeah, I mean, I'll do the repeat button, but then I'm... I'm pulling the I'm pulling the lever, no question. Because if you're not there for a little bit of the theatrics, you know. Yeah. Well, right, that's put, the thing. Hey, Most can you put that on a poll? Oh, are yeah, are you uh, do you pull the one arm bandit or just hit the replay button? Exactly like that. Yeah, pull the one armed. <laughs> All right. I mean, no more out of context than normal. So <laughs> exactly. Um, and another thing I wanted to mention this week, Steve, but again, uh, before I move on, uh, to wrap it up, thank you to everybody who did vote for us. Even if we don't make the top 10, that would be very sad. Uh, I don't, you know, I think it's the natural way I go. I'm a pessimist though. The natural. Are you trying to work in a Wilford Brimley reference there? Was he in the natural? He was in the natural. Oh, wow. I'm great. He was the manager of the New York Knights in the natural. He looks like a guy who would be a bad baseball manager. He does. Yeah. yeah. He has a, a perfect, perfect body type for it. Um, the mustache, spot on. Did he ever not have the mustache? I don't think so. Every single picture I've seen of him, he has a mustache. What was that show that he was on like some, was it just the 10 of us? I remember there was. Oh, one. boy. I When I looked at his TV credits, Steve, he hadn't been on TV since a late night oh. appearance in 2011. Okay. Well, this show, I it know. It would have been way back. This right? was in probably late 80s, early 90s. He was on, like, some sappy family show. Wow. That I remember I used to watch. Yeah, now, Wilford Brimley, that whole thing, you know, where he was in Cocoon, I believe, was his mm-hmm. most famous role. That was Our House. My... Our Never House. heard of it. Yeah. From 1986 to 88. Very short-lived. Oh, he was in the military, too. Of course he was. He's a goddamn American treasure. You don't look at that guy and assume... He was doing a lot in the military, though, do you? Oh, I bet he's one of those guys, if you pull up a picture of him when he was, like, a private, he was, like, chiseled. Probably has a cigarette hanging out of each side of his mouth, and he's, like, wrenching away on a bomb or something. Yeah, he was a Marine in the in, from 53 to 1956. All right, so he just missed the big one by about uh, five years or so, six years. A uh, strapping young man. Yeah. Yeah, he probably did some time. I'm guess 53 to 56 sounds like he would have been in uh, Korea. I think that was that yeah. time frame. Yeah. Yeah, a, uh, a good-looking young guy in the Marines. Uh, you think he gets buried? Ne- nope, not going to bring that one up. We don't need to go down that. <laughs> not for 22 and a half years. 
Remind me to make the joke about the Postmaster General <laughs> and Bob Barker in the gravesite in 22 and a half years. Could you put that reminder in your phone? Yeah, yeah, no problem. But the day before. <laughs> right. So February, so I have time to, you know, really refresh uh-huh. my memory. So then we, in, on February 2nd, I can then make that joke. But I need to be reminded, Steve, mm. on February 1st. Yeah. Rest uh, in peace, Willie Brim. People called him Willie Brim, right? I, I bet your friends called him Willie. You think you insured that mustache? That wouldn't be a can, terrible decision, would it? You can insure a mustache, right? I mean, you always hear those. It's Well, it's not as frequent anymore because I feel like people didn't know that it could happen. But you'll have athletes and stuff, and they'll insure their legs or yeah. if they're a quarterback, their arm. Essentially, if anything happens, even injury-related or, you know, the old get-it-ripped-off-related. <laughs> Is that it? I don't know if that happens enough where you can proceed it with viol, because that that, oh. that makes that makes it seem like it happens on the regular. No, Steve, that's a that's a tried and true American folklore tale. Like if I like right, right exactly now, American folklore. Yeah, um, you know, I mean quarterback arm ripped off, um, so he learns how to throw with the other arm. Like that's a oh, it's a Disney movie. That's a plot. Yeah, that's yeah. a plot from like Friday Night Lights or a Disney movie. <laughs> I, I would bet, I mean, at some point, somebody has had an insured arm that had had it then ripped off, whether it be by an animal, maybe a tragic car accident, maybe uh, maybe they skipped the Sonny Bono, but well, still oh, whoa, oh, perfect the- example is the drummer from, um, oh, was it, was it Warrant? No, not Warrant. The drummer from, uh, you're oh, telling me, one-armed drummer. One-armed drummer. You're telling me there's a drummer who had his arm ripped off? There is. Rick Allen. Yeah, from Def Leppard. Def Leppard overcame the amputation of his left arm in 1984. He's still... Oh, boy. He's still playing. But, yeah, and they just... uh, They designed this, like, super elaborate drum kit that has a bunch more foot pedals that would be used to play the drums that he can no longer play because his his arm got Mm. ripped off. Booted him. I mean, you got to make all these concessions. Just get a new one. You know, there's plenty of them out there. Do you think they're ever tired of just hearing the left side of their? Well, he 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 fixed it, so it's just like the percussion. <laughs> so it's just like can he can he even Rick? Love of God, try something new, man. Can he even do like brumps? If somebody tells a joke on stage. No, he's got to have a little buddy walk over and go, boom, so then with his two hands, like on a, on a bongo, and then he hits the, tss. I don't know how Rick Allen got dragged into this. I apologize for saying that you were in the band Warrant. Car accident. <laughs> then girlfriend, while trying to pass another car at high speed, he lost control of his Corvette. Tried a dry stone wall and entered a field thrown from the car because mm. he didn't fasten his seatbelt correctly. Oh, yeah, that was oh, back in the okay. no seatbelt days. No, they're, they're saying it was fastened just incorrectly. What did this moron do? Put it in, like, into the middle seat? <laughs> Buckled it into the tape deck. Yeah, did he just <laughs> duct tape it to the to the, uh, to the the 8-track player? Oh, God. <laughs> Causing his left arm to be severed. Well, I think it's a small price to pay for not knowing how to buckle a seatbelt, you idiot. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's a pretty big price to pay for not knowing how to buckle a seatbelt. Listen, I am anti-Rick Allen, as as I may have been able to tell, and this will only move it forward. 
A woman who lived nearby responded to the scene. When asked by Alan, what do you think Rick Allen asked after he just crashed his Corvette with his girlfriend? Oh, I mean, it would have to be the customary, like, can you call 911 or... Yeah. yeah. Do you know who I am? <laughs> no. No, I don't. Can somebody go see Rick and take his leg? So Rick Allen, even laying in a bloody pool of yeah. where his arm used to be, still had the audacity to drop a don't you know who I am? Can you imagine? His girlfriend's next to him. Head, neck, and spine injuries. And he's asking, hey. Hey, Dolores. You know who I am? No, I know. I, I know my arm's dangling by a literal thread. <laughs> but, see, the, uh, see that arm about 20 yards over there? That thing used to hold drumsticks. They packed his severed arm in ice. Okay. The woman did. Doctors initially reattached his arm, so old Rick's sitting there like, yeah, things are looking up. <laughs> and then it got infected, they had to cut it off again. Oh, tragic loss a second time. Especially this one drum kit. I don't even think he qualifies as a drummer anymore. He's like the Oscar, <laughs> he's essentially Oscar Pistorius of drummers. So you're going to call him Blade Runner? You're going to yeah. compare him to Blade well, Runner? I mean, I would say Oscar Pistorius is more known for the murder of his girlfriend at this That's point. That's true. And look he, where he's Rick in jail, right? I think he is still in jail. Okay. We don't need to go down that well, because we're already a couple digressions down the road of where I even wanted to start this conversation. <laughs> But Rick Allen, how did, hold on. How did we get from oh, Wilford Brimley to Oscar Pistorius? I know that there was a Rick Allen stopover in there. Oh, we're talking about insuring uh, body parts. Oh, right, right, right. And uh, my claim that a quarterback has assuredly <laughs> so had his arm Wilford Brimley insure his mustache? Yeah, and that's a no. There's no. I don't think you can because anything you can willingly remove, there's no way you could insure it, right? Mm. I don't Do know. You think Rick Allen? Hung his arm out the window and crashed his car on purpose while he duct taped his seatbelt to the tape deck. <laughs> for a, just for an insurance payday. For a because yeah, and now and now he's back and now he gets all the oh man that Rick he sure is really good. <laughs> he sure showed some, them some buffoon ranked him number seven in the greatest drummers of all time <laughs> list. You disagree? I, if I had to rank my my top drummers, where would he be? Who would uh, better yet? Who would be in front of him? Oh, Ringo Starr. He's renowned, right? Yes. Ringo, who was once told by member of members of the Beatles that he's not even the best drummer in the band. You think he cares about that, though? No, because he's still alive, yeah, and, and, still he's, and he's making bank. Because yeah. he's, he's... he's At this point, he's outlived John by 40 years. Uh, he's outlived George by 20 years. Paul's still doing okay. Paul's still Paul's still hanging in there making lots of money in case you're looking for any further reason to dislike rick allen outside of the obvious insurance fraud and uh inability to fasten a seat belt and then the uh don't you know who i am with his arm laying 24 feet away with twitching fingers <laughs> do you think it was still like <laughs> yeah it was still like you're making the fist with a drumstick in it acting like it was hitting one of the bass drums or whatever here's one for the road I don't know if he's British. <laughs> oh, I think he's English, yeah. Okay. Uh, he was married from 91 to 2000, and in 1995, arrested for spousal abuse. Oh, boy. Sentenced to a work 
What? At least he's only got one arm. Probably can do what too type much of, damage. What? <laughs> I think he has a foot pedal with a fist on it, too. <laughs> <He> just... <laughs> you think he's just... Like, this is all we know that this is all horribly inappropriate. You think he was just doing kind of like like some MMA fighters where they just do like leg kicks to really frustrate the person? You think he was just leg kicking her and she kicking finally got? You think she finally just got mad enough? You need to stop right now! And he kicked we are it. not making light no of spousal no. abuse. We but, are making light of only having one arm. But listen to like all he was sentenced to a work crew. And to attend AA. Huh. Work crew. Oh, boy. Imagine if you're the other guys on the work crew. You're like, cool. Thanks for the help. Yeah. You gave us a one-armed guy. Neat. Yeah, great. He can't even... <laughs> he can pick up the trash, but he has nowhere to put it. Because <laughs> his stupid stump can't hold a bag. Can someone tie a trash bag around Rick's stump? I don't even think he has a stump. I think no, it's, it's, go- yeah, it's, it's gone from yeah, the shoulder. It's up to the All shoulder. Right, so just hanging around his neck or something. Yeah, hang- yeah. It's almost like a satchel bag, but it's a trash like a bag. feed bag for a horse. Yeah. Boy, it's like we know that it's inappropriate, but it just is not going to stop us. Oh, great! I got to pull up two bags of trash while one arm over there has just got to poke it with a stick and move it to a different area. I swear to God, I saw Rick dumping his trash down the sewer. Oh, this guy looks like a jerk. That concludes this week's deep dive on Rick Allen. But anyway, what I wanted to get to... <laughs> I, yeah, I, there's something I need to know, because mm-hmm. you gave me a little teaser before we started recording. Yeah. About yeah, a, I don't new, even know a how new to... hobby? No, no, not a new hobby. A new purchase related to a hobby. A new purchase. Okay, so um, your hobbies, as far as I know, I don't know you that well. It hasn't been that long. We meet Um, once a week, (laughs) and that's it. Okay, now your hobbies, obviously, you're a big sports fan. Yep. Um, You are, uh, I'm assuming that this has to do with your... Uh, love of comic books. Steve, that would be correct. Okay, so comic book culture related. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, are you now guy who has like full size mannequin wearing like oh. Spider Man suit in your in Listen, your basement? Steve, I've been fighting the fight for years just so I can get like a water cooler in my house because I think that would be <laughs> cool. If you think my wife would allow a full size Spider Man, you finally if yeah, but you finally have a job now where yeah. there's I'm assuming there's an actual water no nope. water cooler drinking fountains with those like water bottle fill up things. Okay, in them. nope, no water cooler. I need to. I I'm, before after we get past this, mm-hmm. I need an update on uh, on the new career. By the way, oh sure, yeah. I mean, there's not much to update, yeah. but yeah. We, but I, I just I have some questions about right. like, the uh, the office the office setup. Maybe uh, who you're palling around with? Oh, nobody. on the lunch break. Nope. Um, Sit in my car by myself. <laughs> leave me alone. Well, there's your update. <laughs> Kyle's still miserable as ever. <laughs> Don't even know if we needed to verbalize that update. I'm sure most people could have guessed. All right, so you oh, now on, you I post in the poll there is Rick yelling a dumb jerk. 
If I'm not mistaken, that was a runaway poll that week. Well, as uh, it should with be. With everybody uh, agreeing that Rick Allen was a dumb jerk. As it should be. You know, the guy is regarded as one of the better drummers uh, in the modern era, I guess you could call it. But I stand by it when you're comparing him to two-arm drummers. Uh, I doubt it. <laughs> also, I'll give him this. He's the best one-arm drummer. That we've heard of. That we've heard of. Yeah. yeah. I'll give him this. He's probably the best one-armed drummer who beat the hell out of his wife in public. I'll give him this. I'll bet he's the best one-armed drummer who beat the hell out of his wife who lost his arm in a car accident with his girlfriend in the car and while ignoring her uh, livelihood was again crawling after his arm saying, save it! Save it! That's the money maker. <laughs> I'm famous. Boy, it feels kind of... Uh, I think we need to lift the spirits. We can't end the year-in-review program, yeah. Steve, like that on a... Uh, on a somber a down, note. Yeah. down somber note is Rick Allen losing his arm in a car accident. Um, and again, condolences to Rick Allen fans. Or Rick Allen, Rick Allen's arm fans. <laughs> for your loss there back in the, uh, back in the 70s. <laughs> You think that there was anyone that would go to the shows just because of his arm? <laughs> like they just have like the people next to him would have band T-shirts on, but he would just have an arm T-shirt. Well, you know, for like for years after Dale Earnhardt passed away in NASCAR, on the third lap, everybody would hold mm-hmm. the number three up. Yeah. Do you think when they would get to Rick Allen's solo, like everybody in the audience would pull one arm inside their shirt? <laughs> Yep. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, I I'm just assuming. I'm just assuming that's the only way to to honor. Yeah. The the missing honor the, the missing arm. limb. What you do know? you think the arm is now? What did they do? They burn it right next to James Brown's legs. James Brown's legs. Some P. Billy Four's arm ash. Arm ash. The arm ash meat right next yeah. to Wilford Brimley's mustache, <laughs> which reports have it is missing. Oh boy! What a way to wrap up the year in review. A uh, heck of a year. A lot happened. It really uh, was, man. I mean, listen, we had to cancel our live show, Steve. We did. That was a that was a disappointment. It was supposed to be back in July. But still, we we were nominated and made the finalist list for a podcast award. Yeah. Um. We we were able to. We didn't. We weren't able to take any travels this year. But boy, oh boy, was this a fun special year! As I hope everybody was able to hear today and right now during this year interview episode yeah it was definitely a lot of fun despite all the circumstances hoping uh obviously like everybody else we're hoping that 2021 is a little bit more bright uh, a little bit more you know fun stuff going on we have a tentative date for our rescheduled live show it's sometime in july yeah and um who knows we're seven months out from that right now maybe it'll happen maybe it won't it will eventually happen. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, we'll let the six people know who we're going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Give you an updated time on that. But yeah, we have <laughs> no incentive to make any decision on that here uh, in the, in the very near future. So, again, it's been a fun year. Want to thank everybody who's listened. I know I've said it a bunch of times, but thank you to everybody who sent your well wishes, who sent us gifts, yeah, who sent me gifts, who sent you know any any type of concern for me. During uh, mostly the gifts, though. Mostly the gifts. Mostly if you sent gifts. well wishes, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, if you're like the Humphrey and you sent well wishes with a bill. <laughs> By the way, I paid that thirty cent bill. 
boy, if you're like that, uh, kind of thank you. But no, seriously, uh, the the outpouring from this listening audience for me during what is uh, what was the most difficult time of my life was tremendous and helped a ton. Uh, Steve, you helped a ton. Uh, you and Annette reaching out and, and, and helping out. That was absolutely amazing to me. So uh, it's been a heck of a year, and hopefully 2021 is only bigger and better for the Stephen Kyle podcast. Yeah. Um, lots of plans. Mm-mm. No, not one plan except for... Uh, I think the one plan possible, is... Uh, is live show. Yeah, profit. Yeah, maybe this will be the year that we're finally uh, in the yeah. black. We just need to make, again... Two hundred and forty-one dollars, <laughs> and that means, and that is without spending another penny, right, on anything else we do here. Yeah. Okay. So the march to two forty-one. <laughs> that's less than a dollar a day. We can do that. Here's what you can do. Look for you less than s- the cost of a cup of coffee a day. You can either sponsor a kid in a disadvantaged country that you'll never meet. Boo. Or you can sponsor. The Steve and Kyle podcast on their march to 241. Yeah. And turning a profit. Yeah. We might give you a tote bag. We're not going to give you a tote bag. That would go against a 241. We're if, now talking look, march to If threes. somebody donates tote bags, we'll send them out. But only if somebody else donates the shipping cost. You'd have to donate the tote bags. We'd have to beg your wife to use the cricket to put our logo on there. <laughs> yeah. And then again, we would have to farm out the shipping cost. All right. I think we need to make some predictions or some hopeful, uh, hopeful aspirations for 2021. Sure, Steve. So this, for, the, for this podcast-related specific, I'll say, uh, in generalities, I think you and I will either take a podcast-related trip or the live show will happen. Okay. I'm going to say APS 4.0. Whoa, now that is a biggie. That's a big one. Because I've ignored it. Yeah. I've given up. I don't care. Hang on. I open the door. Let me see. That's the... Oh, wow. There's a piece of drywall on the ground now. <laughs> so you, you've added... Well, that's the piece that I cut... Oh, from the wall. <laughs> well, that's the one that I, I cut the patch panel that has to go back in Now, the in fairness, the last time I saw it, it was empty, and now it looks like you've stored stuff in there. So there have been uh, yeah. changes. So, yeah, the door's been open. Yep, not for the better, but there have been yeah. changes. So APS 4.0, possibly coming 2021. Podcast-related trip, which you know, if we do that, we'll give everybody plenty of notice yeah. if you want to join us. Or the live show, hopefully happening this year as well. I'd like hey. to uh, I'd like to be a finalist in uh, podcast awards once again. Yeah, religious category this year. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we have to pull. <laughs> We're just going to submit the apostles writing boobs on rocks. And uh, and uh, and when um, uh, Jesus came out of the Jesus flew out of the cave <laughs> and didn't he say like sup homies or something? <laughs> and then maybe we can get uh, maybe we can get our friend Brian Krause who sent us the very nice gifts of the dreidels and mm-hmm. the uh, milk chocolate oh, last yeah. week. We could talk to him once or twice about uh, Rum Springer mm-hmm. and uh, you know maybe the summer solstice. Yeah, I'm assuming the Jewish people celebrate the summer solstice. Of course they do. We'll get that. We'll get him on, and uh, we'll submit our sizzle reel of all our religious <laughs> stuff, and we'll definitely be in the finals. It's just <laughs> so it's like ten seconds of us spinning a dreidel. Yep. Um, a couple seconds of us talking about Jesus flying out of a tomb, and then a montage of ju- of us just saying Jesus Christ. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Just need about 60 to 80 seconds, and we need to sway just, what, a handful of voters. Yeah. We it won't even take that much. All right. Well, there there you go. Those are our big predictions and hopeful aspirations for 2021. Yeah. I uh, can't thank you enough for listening and uh, downloading the podcast and interacting on social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Steve and Kyle. And uh, that's it. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode, our first new episode of 2021. New year, new me, Steve. New year, new us. Boy, things are, things are really going to be great in this year. Man, I can't wait to see the exact same setup for the next 52 weeks. <laughs> Talk to you next week. See ya.